Hi and welcome to episode 12 of the Allies of Convenience podcast, the worldwide competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast. My name's Alex Ray, your host tonight, and we have got a bumper episode for you today. Uh, we are focusing on the UK GT finals this week. We've got a massive review featuring four of the players out there, some of the podcast members, of course, and special guest Simon Weekly. We also have a bonus interview with Justin Cook, the man who invented the Ovesa Star, uh, about his new build, which pairs Tau with Tyranids, the Leviathan well, flyrant formation, basically, the flyrant detachment, um, as it's been uh, called. And obviously, that's quite important at the moment. We're seeing many notable players going to that Leviathan flyrant detachment, basically plugging it into their main list. Um, Sean Naden used it very recently, the LVO. Josh Roberts um, using it at the UK GT. Um, so it's obviously very effective. It'll be great to hear Justin Cook's thoughts on how it works and uh, how he works with his towel list as well. Don't forget, we're there on Facebook for the interaction. If you want to give us any feedback, positive or negative, on the podcast, anything we can improve, tell us what you love about it. That's great. If there's any features you'd like to hear about, if you'd like to hear us touch on any very specific subjects, let us know. Um, we're here to help and to you know, make the experience better for you guys. Uh, get involved. It's facebook.com forward slash AOC podcast or just search for Allies of Convenience uh, on Facebook and we should come up. Also, if you're subscribed on iTunes, it'll be wonderful. You could leave us a, a positive review on there. It helps us push the podcast up on the iTunes page and it means we reach more people as we're you know, more highly recommended. So without any further ado, let's get into the podcast and kick it off with our UK GT final review. Welcome, and as promised, here is the GT final review. Uh, myself, Alex Ray here, and I am joined uh, by four of the guys that were there and took part. Uh, Matt Robertson, of course. Hello. Howdy. Uh, we have got cast member Adam Rylands. Hello. And James Ramsey. Hello. And we are joined for the first time uh, by Mr. Simon Weekly. Hello. Hello, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, so, the GT final, um, it's got a storied history in the UK. It's had its ups and downs. Um, been run by various different organisations, um, starting off obviously with Games Workshop and then becoming independent and now uh, in its current format. Uh, there's a bit of, little bit of controversy about the numbers, first and foremost, and I don't want to uh, be disparaging against the people that have been organising it or what have you, but... Um, be nice to me, Alex. It wasn't that great for the final this year. Let's 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 say that. Um, Historically, I don't think it ever has been. Well, yeah, why is that? Uh, I think a, few, a couple of people, the venue's a little bit hard to get to. Where was it? Uh, it was at Sanctuary Gaming. Okay. Which is more central for the free heats. But still, not the easiest to get to. But it's a nice venue. A little bit cold at times. 
<laughs> so that's the one that's a converted church for you people that haven't ever been there, like myself. Um, yep. Pretty high ceilings, and it is Britain and spring, so that's winter for everybody else. Um, so yeah, they do need to crank up the heating a fair bit to get that bad boy, uh, that bad boy warm, and not so many bodies in there this time as well to keep it warm either. Um, yeah. So whereabouts is Sanctuary located? It's in Mansfield, or just Mansfield. on the edge of Mansfield. So that's just outside of Nottingham, right? It's about half hour from Nottingham, yeah. Okay, all right. So obviously all our American listeners are kind of baffled by the geography and what sort of thing, so um, they're going to laugh when we tell you how far you have to drive from quote-unquote up north to get there. How long does it take to drive from like the Warrington area? Uh, it took... Cause uh, James and Simon both stayed at mine on the uh, Friday night. I think it took us about two hours to get there on the two Saturday hours. morning. And you, and you think a two-hour drive put off a lot of people? Well, I think two hours is reasonably close-ish, but I know a lot yeah. of the Scots didn't okay. make it, uh, mainly because of the distance. Mm. And with the Six Nations being around the corner as well, I think a couple of people were, the ETC guys were struggling to get leave or time off work. Obviously a problem, you know, you haven't having to take full full uh, full weekends off and, and the Friday probably as well, I'd imagine. Yes. And sometimes Monday morning as well. Um, so it's not just a time uh, and money investment in terms of just the weekend, it is obviously, it bleeds over. Um, so we had a, a, a strong field of 36, there wasn't any fillers because they were all qualifiers, uh, a couple of wild cards in there which we'll get into as well. Um, but they... Uh, the fields all qualified over the course of the three qualifiers, uh, which were held across the country over the last year. <clears throat> which which um, format have they gone for? Have, you, have they completely, you know, did did you guys change it much uh, in, compared to the to the heats, or has it pretty much stayed the same? Uh, it dropped to five games. And I think that was the only major change. Because basically, after each heat, there was feedback forms to see do people want to keep the maelstrom, get rid of the maelstrom, keep the eternal war, get rid of that, keep the comp, change the comp, forge world, no forge world, round times, that kind of thing. So in the end, it ended up as five games with three hour rounds. As opposed to six games with two and a half? Yes. And that's the best decision ever because, yeah. Sorry, two and a half hour game rounds are just stupid. Three rounds is amazing, but I do prefer six games. But I know no, I, James and Simon for this. Yeah. But if it was anywhere apart from man, middle of Mansfield, I mean, if it was like, you know, anywhere reasonable, I would have mined six games, but it's impossible to get anywhere from Mansfield as, uh, right in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there's only a very small train station which you have to get into Nottingham to get to anywhere. Now, it's obviously uh, you know, six rounds at three hours is, is doable, but I presume you're meaning because you know, you're know you going to be staying there quite late Sunday and you have to, therefore, travel back on the Monday. Is that uh, I think you can still travel back on the Sunday because I know I've done it a lot, where I think if you're going all that way, though, and you spend all that time... Three extra hours going back. Uh, I know last weekend I was home for seven. I wouldn't mind being back at half ten mm. to get the extra game in because I'm spending all that effort going away for the weekend anyway. Yeah. To make the most of it while I'm away. But everyone has their own personal preferences on that. 
What do you think about four games on the Saturday? Uh, I prefer the best to answer that because I ran that at Warlords a couple of years ago just to test it. And how did it go? From my point of view, it was fine because I know we also put an evening meal on. So everyone played first game, had a meal, two more games, had an evening meal, and then played the last game. But uh, obviously, if you've got a venue that you can keep open as late as you like as well, that, that that's not a huge problem. Obviously, it eats into the social element of it, but your games, I'd imagine, are a little bit more sociable as well, seeing as they're, they're all three hours long. Yeah, I find that. Then, because you've got a couple of meal breaks as well, that's normally when you'll spend a bit of time sitting and chatting to people. Mm. And because you've already had a meal, we've, I think we finished it. It was only about half eight, nine still, because we just crimped the times a little bit in other places so it was like right okay everyone stayed had a couple of drinks in the last game got a little bit merry uh, and now we can go out and be in pubs for 9 10 where normally you'll go out for food and then go for a few pubs at around 9 10 anyway go for a few pubs have you been to a couple already today uh, today <laughs> no um so let's go. Let, let's get to the important stuff now. The the format. Um, so it's sixteen fifty still. It's correct. Yep. Two source format. Yep. Um, with Forge World allowed, but what what comp is there? Uh, the two up saves were comped, so it was only a two up four up. For the re rolls, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, it might have been even been any re roll was a four up. Oh yeah, Adam's I think that was the, the case, best actually. Yeah, because oh, I remember Adam mentioning that. Yeah. So that upset Adam. Uh, yeah. the, upset me as well. <laughs> there was a comp on summoning, so the, the max you could use 15 power dice for conjuration spells, which you could have more dice, but you can only throw so many at summoning uh, or conjuration. sacrifice. Yeah. Which just kind of... That was initially put in place uh, when 7 first came out as a bit of a time gap and a few people were a bit worried about it when it first came out which I don't think it's too much of an issue as long as the player plays quick enough to deal with it yeah it only becomes an issue when you start playing slow with uh, you know two and a half thousand points of models on the table uh, yeah which can, which can definitely happen um, the last point of comp was the invisibility yeah which was changed to you shoot them at the ballistic skill one and you hit them as if they were weapon skill 1 in combat oh no sorry you don't hit them as if they were weapon skill 1 you get hit at weapon skill 1 yeah so you you count as BS1 when targeting them in the shooting phase and you count as weapon skill 1 if you're in combat with them in the assault yes, phase okay. which I know is something that the Reese and the frontline gaming guys recently used for their Las Vegas Open event hmm. interesting one on that comp when you count it as be a weapon skill one for hitting them, does that mean that when they hit you back, they hit at your normal BS, uh, normal weapon skill? Sorry. No, you count as weapon skill one for the whole of the combat. But does it say when you attack them? When you hit no, them? you don't get to hit them on threes. You hit them on your normal weapon skill. Oh, do you? Yes. So, you, so they defend on their normal weapon skill. They don't count as weapon skill one for. Yeah, the you're you're harder to hit. They're still the same. Ah, uh, okay. Which a lot of people forget, don't they? <coughs> yeah, yes. that's that's not how I thought it was. So there you go. You've enlightened me. All these all these extra additional caveats of rules to remember. Um, but just now, before we go into anything else, it may be worth saying 
for anyone who has been following the GT for the last three years since there's been heats in the final. Uh, the committee at the moment, which is myself, Pete Cook, Alan Elser, Rob Sims, Chris Green and Paul Burke. Uh, remaining for next year, there's only going to be Pete and Alan carrying it on. The other four of us have stepped back. So there may be some, some change. changes to next year. We're just going to have to wait and see what route Pete and Alan decide to go down. And But best of luck to them. And fingers crossed, the attendance and everything carries on and they do a good job next year. Uh, I did also want to ask about uh, the comp um, in regards to Forge World and super heavy vehicles. Is there any comp for that at all? There was a limit of 400 points, which was just to stop some of the stupid units getting in there. So gigantic monstrous creatures and revenant titans and all this yeah. stupidness, which you can't take anyway. But yeah. Um, <coughs> Okay, so if um, the people that are listening that aren't familiar with the mission format, um, it was uh, parallel missions still, um, which people might be familiar with from the ETC, um, but slightly different to the ETC. So do you want to let us know how the missions run? I'll let James go through this since he's been quite quiet. Okay, go on, James. One second. I'm going to... Adam, go. Right, thanks for that. Simon, go. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it's um, primary was eternal war every time, straight out of the book pretty much, but with the set number of objectives, which was quite good. Um, and then the set that was twelve point no ten points out of the twenty, and then the secondary was a maelstrom mission, but modified like sort of standard modifications. So, you know, you, you only. You can only score like two a turn at most. All the random points ones are like set at two or three points, and you can bin anything you can't get. And that was six points. You can and be, then bin, bin anything that's impossible to get. So you know, oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. So if if you get destroy a building and they haven't got a building, then obviously you can just Kids get to get rid of that. Or a flyer or vehicle, and they don't have any. Yeah, yeah. That's... They don't have any in their army list. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then. That, so that was 6 out of 20, and then it was 4 points for the tertiaries, so whoever got the most out of Warlord's first strike, which I think you talked about before, is kill something in your own turn 1, so both players can get it, and then Linebreaker is the last. So that was for 20, and if you drew any of the missions, you just split the points. Mm. So it's quite a nice... Quite a nice mission pack, actually. So it was entirely possible, um, if you're going up against someone that is going to kick your ass in the primary, guaranteed. You can just play uh, totally focused on the secondary and tertiary and, and still draw. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, a couple of times, like, if you're in, like the, on the receiving end of a bad match like I was in Heat 1, you can just sort of pull out the maelstrom and just get guarantee yourself six points. And if you don't give up first strike, it's quite easy to get the tertiary then, so you mm -hmm. can quite easily pull ten points. All right, then, fact, guys. So, um, do you want to let us know what you took at least? Um, obviously, we don't we don't have all the lists. The lists weren't done digitally, um, pre-submission and all that sort of stuff. So, we don't actually have the the list for everybody. They're not available online. Um, so, we'll ask just ask you guys what you guys have. Shall I start? Yeah, please do, because it's cool. awesome and quick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I had Adamantium Lance Primary with a 
knight with a battle cannon and two of stubbers as my warlord. The other two had the melter cannon. I then had a farseer on a bike with the summoning stones, which is the spirit stones of Anaphalan, something like that. I'm not too sure how to pronounce them. I then had two wave serpents with five dire avengers in each. Uh, both had ghost walks and one had a hollow field. And that was it. Uh, did you, you t- I presume you took, the, the, was the Adlance the primary? Yes. Okay. So you had your warlord in there? Yeah, the one with the battle cannon was the warlord. Yeah. So that gives you the possibility of a three up save. Yep. And uh, what else did I get? What's the other? Yeah, well, the warlord automatically gets plus one in von. Yeah. Uh, plus one work skill, plus one ballistic skill. Yeah. And then you have to roll for the other two guys because you're choosing to use the table mm. by having one as warlord. Uh, which on a one gives you minus one in run, minus one weapon skill, minus one ballistic skill. Two to five is nothing, and a six is plus one. So I think throughout the whole weekend, I got one six and no ones. Nice. So it didn't really have too much of a difference. Nothing but positives for you, pretty much. Yeah. Good, good, but, good. So it means I'm due when it matters. Uh, how do you think the Lance works at 1650? It's good because a lot of people don't have quite the firepower to deal with it because there's less guns around. Mm. But it also does lack the support to go alongside it to so go grab the mail, some cards where you need it and to just be around the board and get a bit more board control and grab the objectives late game because they're doing a lot of the work. So you expect to lose one or two throughout the game still. And obviously that's where the, the summoning seers trying to help that a little bit. Um, yeah, just get a few extra units out there. and Dropping down a couple of couple of units for a bit of board control. Just get in the way of things as well. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Uh, Adam, what did you take? Right, I decided for the change to take Necrons. Okay. Even though I never played a single game with the new codex, I thought I'll take it. Uh, have a bit of a change I needed it and I took uh, Oricon uh, two units of Immortals two Doomsday Arcs then the Destroyer Cult with a Destroyer Lord with the the two up armour four up and the the Res Orb and then three units of three Destroyers one one of them was upgraded so one in each unit was upgraded to a Heavy Destroyer then a unit of three heavy destroyers. It's quite quite a balanced list. Entirely familiar with the the new Necrons, I don't think. So, do you want to take us through a little bit how that works? Uh, well, the destroyer cult, uh, the formation gives you the ability to re-roll failed uh, armor penetration rolls and failed to wound rolls, and I also found out while playing because I've never read it that clearly that it also gives you move through cover which is quite handy when you're doing the assault moves getting back into cover um, the Doomsday Arc uh, that fires if you stand still a strength 10 AP1 blast which again I found out while playing the weekend is a primary weapon so it lets you roll 2d6 armour pen and pick the highest that was quite nice um, 
it's, the Immortals are pretty good as well, I found as well. Um, their ability to uh, damage vehicles on a six was pretty good as well. So it was quite balanced. It, there wasn't many shots in the list. Hmm. Uh, it was very good at anti-tank. Oh, sorry, I took six rifes as well. I forgot the rifes <laughs> with whip coils. I thought it was a bit light. And uh, so I had one combat unit with the rifes, which the Destroy Lord and Oaken went into. And then I had quite a bit of shooting, uh, low IP shooting. Yeah, quite interesting, but I didn't know what to expect going into it because so I haven't used a new codex at all. When you say the destroyers and Oricon went, I'm oh, sorry, not the destroyers, the Lord and Oricon went in with the Wraiths. Did you do that every game, or was that just? No, one of the games uh, I decided because there was a lot of vehicles on the board against Necrons. I decided to put them in with a unit of three heavy destroyers, which was quite nice because hmm. I thought I'm going to need these strength nine things, especially re-rolling. To armor pen, and uh, they just went off with the straw lord at, at the at the front, tanking everything and just making everything jink or killing killing things. A really good unit, actually. So you just put them in anything you want to survive and give a few buffs to. You yeah, just put basically. The in there and that does basically. Work. Yeah, the obviously the reroll comp didn't help the survivability, but it was still a solid unit because you get in. Uh, a tour palmer save re-rolling ones obviously so that's a four up after if you fail then you gain a four up reanimation roll then if you fail that you've got uh, the orb you can use for another four up re-roll on top of that so I was quite impressed how much firepower it could take so if it wasn't for the comp um, it would have been it would have been brilliant it really would have done so yeah I was quite impressed uh, let's ask James, uh, what are you up to? What tricks do you have for us this time? I was using orcs this time. Wow, Filth. okay. Filth. So, this of interesting of interest to people. Um, I presume it involved bikes in some way. Um, yeah. Enlighten us, what you took. So I had Sad Snark, Ford World's yes. uh, character. Because he makes bikes troops, and I thought, well, that's kind of fun. And he's really good. Um, and he's got a had, initiative claw as well, right? Yeah, initiative four claw. Uh, he can turbo boost 24. He's got skilled rider. And he makes a warlord. His warlord trait is he gives scout to a troop, to one of his troop bikes if he joins them. Yeah. Um, I had a war boss. is the fact that he's wearing paper pants as armor. Yeah, he's got his pants. And actually, he himself doesn't have an orc war bike. He's just got his thing. So he doesn't get the two up jink save, which is annoying. But he only gets the three up save. And um, this is actually like the worst orc bike ever but uh, in terms of survives. But never mind. Um, he, I had a lucky stick war boss yeah. um, on a bike with a power claw. Uh, I had a pain boy. I had and in in I had an orc horde. So I had three characters, and then I had um, in that attachment I had fifteen more bikes with a claw and boss. I think boss pole. I can't remember what I had last five points for. Um, I think I had a boss pole. Um, I had two into three war bikes to make them to fill up my troop choices, and then I had uh, some big guns like some mega cannons and some tractor cannons. A couple of small units of them, um, and then I had a. 
I took the uh, Wargaskal detachment, which is like the Great War detachment. So I could take Big Mac on a bike with a, basically a chain fist with a 4-plus um, custom force field. Mm-hmm. And then I had another Warboss with a claw, and he had the Fearless Banner Pole. And then in that detachment, I had two units. And oh, sorry, my big guns were in my this detachment, this Great Wild detachment. They weren't in the uh, bike detachment because Sad Snark stops you taking uh, big guns in his. And then I had two units tank busters. I think I had eight or nine. I can't remember how many I had in the end. I had um, a death copter for lols. And then I had two gun wagons, which are basically Ford World uh, truck equivalents. They're exactly the same as trucks apart from armor 13 12 and 10 oh, um, so they're, they're and, but they get they get boarding planks for five points as well which which are really good yeah yeah um, and they cost 70 points but they were they were worth it and they're heavy support choices though so you they take a, I, was, I was actually support. just waiting for those points costs because I, I thought that was going to be another ludicrously underpointed forge world unit but that seems yeah, seventy points, and it only has a twinning big shooter, so it's it's like it's called a gun wagon, but it doesn't really have any guns. It's just it's just a transport, really. Um, yeah, so I typically, as you probably guess, put all the characters in one big unit. Has uh, five claws in there, so it's hits pretty hard. Um, lots of strength ten, strength eight, strength nine, and because lucky stick makes them weapon skill five, so all the bike, even the bikes, pretty good in combat. Yeah. Just basic orcs. Um, they've got lots of shooting when they're very mobile and then with skilled rider it gives them two up cover save when they jink and because jinking for orcs is not really a big deal because um, it's such crap ballistic skill anyway mm. uh, it was, it's not too bad um, if, if again the reroll comp was annoying for me as well because obviously lucky stick guy's got a totally rollable cover save so he was very good at tanking normally skilled, skilled rider makes a huge difference as well to their, their terrain stuff of course. Yeah, it means you can just go through terrain, you don't care. Because you can um, lose but... a lot of them from that. Um, you could, yeah. Uh, the other bike lists, when you, when I saw people trying to test that out a, a bit earlier, um, you know, when the orc book just came out, it was a very, very good way of thinning them down, because they have got crap armor. I think they're all like four up, aren't they? Yeah, four up saves. So normal. you're going to lose a few, but um, yeah, Skilled Rider obviously does, does away with that. Um, and yeah, the fearless, the fearless banner obviously is is great for them as well. So there's a lot of uh, survivability in there. Um, yeah, I mean, the feel like mob rules good for them. Bikes they don't not, they don't normally worry about running running away. But fear yeah. checks are a fucking nightmare for orcs. Um, as I found out, the fear checks. I mean, I, I know they were going to be a pain, but they are really annoying. Um, they're one of the few armies where fear is really powerful against orcs. So having that fearless just to be because you don't want like your six seven hundred point character unit just like being weapon skill one because you're fighting like a harlequin or something stupid you know you just <laughs> just really can't have that so being fearless was that was the main reason you wanted them to be fearless um uh, i also had some grots i think as well but not no, they're grots so they don't really count they don't really do anything um yeah and i guess i i probably in hindsight i would have preferred taking a CAD over the horde attachment, but yeah. it was still okay. Uh, the couple of small units of bikes were, were pretty useful. I wish they would have been obsec. That would have been really good. I, I, I'll just say the main thing I, I, I liked was the Zad Snark ramming abuse, which I, I'll talk about later, yes. Okay. That was, yeah. that was the funnest thing. Uh, he's got some, some sort of strange 
You can tank shock, right? I think. Or was it? Rip yeah, when he around. when he goes over twelve, he can tank shot like a tank. Yeah. So, because ramming is tank shock, you can ram people with him, and then when you ram into a vehicle, you stop in base contact because it says you stop in contact, and so if you're in contact with something in the assault phase, you're engaged in combat. So therefore, he can hit things in combat, and he Does just goes. Count as being in combat as well. Yeah, you can't. You've been engaged, and so then anybody within three can pile in as well. Yeah, wow, that's that's horrible. <laughs> so I was, with I scout, was wondering how that worked in terms of um, in terms of him and the unit, but yeah, if that's, yeah. If that's how the so, wording resolves itself. That's horrible. As you were going to say, with scout, I can see what's coming. Carry on. Yeah, so you just scout, and then you move twelve, and then you can turbo twenty-four. And I think I had one of my. Um, I can't remember if I'd. I don't think I took Blitz Bike, but one idea I did have was to put a Blitz Bike to make somebody be able to tag along. But if I was really worried, I had a Death Copter who could, who could also go 24. So I really wanted to have some sort of survival, you know, some extra. Yeah. If I really wanted to turn into a missile, I would do that. But because he was the Warlord, I wasn't. You know, because the way the Maelstrom and Tertiary worked, I didn't really want to risk losing him at like turn one. So. Um, I probably was a little bit, sometimes a little bit, not as aggressive as I could have been with him, but I often didn't want to lose him. If I, if it had been like you know a normal ETC mission where he didn't care about the point, oh, he would have been between, he would just go and fly forward, and I wouldn't have cared every every game because that was just amazing. Because he's strength ten, you just go for auto hitting strength ten on turn one, and you just kill it. You kill a tank instantly on turn one. Um, there's nothing they can do about it. It's very difficult because I mean, you can tank shock through people. You can't put things in the way. Yeah, because if you try and death a glorium, he counts as uh, if you don't stop him, you you die. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you can't you can't stop him. And um, yeah, he, he, he was good, very useful. And I guess if you if you did actually death a glory, you didn't and you did wound him, you count as being in combat with him, which obviously means you're getting counts combat with the whole unit as well. Um, yeah, so yeah. that would not want to be you want to fight the was orcs to them on. That is one interesting point you made there, James, just thinking about the pack, that you can't really just throw your warlord away. I know when I was writing my list as well, that's part of the reason I took the Elementum Lancer's primary, whereas I get the worst warlord traits and I have to roll the table, whereas otherwise it's optional. But I, f I thought having that as the warlord rather than a farseer means I can just... Sub survivable. Doesn't, don't they have, like, it will not die as well? Uh, that's one of the possible oh. warlord traits. But I was like with a fire six, I'm, I'm summoning everywhere. I can throw him away and use him. Oh, I need to get that objective, or I need line breaker. Oh no, it's not carried on. He dies. Doesn't matter. Just to give me the bit, bit of option and more security in my list all round. Yeah, I would. I would like like a runt herd or something to be a warlord just to hide in the back. But I need the it's not to be the warlord. Uh, so does does he have to be the warlord to confer um, all that stuff? Yeah. The scout, yeah, and the troops to be bikes. Um, bikes to be troops. I think I would have taken CAD as well, if I, like I said, if I was thinking about I, I liked, uh, I would have liked to have had OBSEC more. It's, it's quite useful in the, in the Maelstrom and such. But. Is it something that you're probably going to be using again? Um, yeah, I, I actually think he's not essential. He's really good, but I don't think he's essential. Um, he's just... He's a really nice force multiplier. You don't get those anymore in 40k. You kind of don't, kind of like an old breed of character. Um, mm. 
I'd, but, I'd hope using them again, considering we spent Friday night painting them. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I would change a lot of stuff, though. I, I Like, a lot of stuff I tried a few games, and it was it worked well, but then over the weekend it wasn't as effective. So, namely, the big guns weren't, weren't that useful. Right, so let's um, speak to the new guy, Simon. Hello. 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 Run us through what you took to the GT final, please. So I decided to break the mould a little bit. I decided to break the mould, and so I went with Wave Serpent Eldar. Ah. Um, yeah, so I had a, fa- I had a fast here on a jet bike with this cool thing called the Spirit Stone of Anath Lan. Unusual. Yeah, I know, right? What's that do? Um, Not heard of it oh, uh, Yeah, I know. Apparently it makes him really good at summoning demons. Ah. So I tried a bit of that this weekend, because I'd not really had much chance to practice, but I got my hands on some of the Team Wales communal pool, and that was good fun. <laughs> The, literally, they, they, I heard they had a um, like skip outside, just full of plague yeah. drones and demonettes and horrors and. Uh, well, well, Matt calls change. it a Fiat Punto, but. <laughs> what did I just miss? <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Nothing. Um, but then after the, the bikes here, he had a singing spear because I had some points left. But yeah, I had um, four units of Dire Avengers in Wave Serpents with Ghost Walks. Um, Oh, sorry, three units of Dire Avengers and one of Fire Dragons. Um, one of the Dire Avengers quads had an Exarch to be the Warlord because that's quite hard to get Warlord then. Clever. And it means with a strike, you can normally win the tertiary or at least draw. Um, so that worked quite well. He only died in one game. And then heavy support, I had one Wraith Knight and two Night Spinners because mm. I really I really like Night Spinners. Um, just ask Matt. I've I always gone at them, but... I think like they're about the same points as one Wraith Knight and they give you a few more options. So like you've got the barrage, so that, that can win some games. Mm. And the torrent's quite nice. And plus Especially sometimes when they wrap in comped um, invisibility I quite Yeah, like that was a big thing. So the Sandstar comes over and you can just double torrent it. Or they could even ram Imperial Knights to death sometimes, which is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. You never let me live that down, are you? I I don't think so, no. Um and then to finish off the list, I had a unit of six swooping hawks, one unit of five, and then an inquisitor with three skulls, yeah. just to block like scout and any sort of shenanigans. Mm. So that was quite good. So that was like, it's fairly standard, but a little bit different because of the one wraith knight. And I like the swooping hawks as well because they've only recently become popular. Like you start to see a lot of lists online with lots of swooping hawks. But well, so I saw them I, when the Eldar book came out. I saw them a lot because they're yeah. good at um, dealing with Tau. Um, yeah. Not so much of a problem anymore. But there were a lot at Nova. Yeah. The, the Americans love them. Whereas over here, Hawks I think what spiders tended yeah. to get a bit more love. But I think like the ability to come in next to something, bomb like some troops, and then place yourself so you can't see them because then you don't have to shoot the same thing and you can either run and shoot them anyway or throw a hair at something or shoot something else. And the perfect deep strike like. Because I, I like the perfect movement. Like, you don't have to worry about it. The same for the ghost walks on the tanks. Mm. I know a lot of players use hollow fields instead for the cover save, but I'd prefer to, like, get inside the ruin and not have to lose my shooting and not have to worry about moving. Yeah. It's like you can jump on top of stuff and get line of sight and nobody sees it coming. I think because there's a lot of, you know, covering the game as well, I don't think hollow fields are as much of an issue, whereas I'd always rather have ghost walks over hollow fields as yeah. well. But yeah. I know people who swear otherwise, so... 
but you have that thing like you have that nice bit of impassable you want to jump up and you just don't dare roll yeah. a one if you get up there because yeah. you haven't got ghost walk you just can't sometimes you just can't risk it can you whereas if you've got ghost walks you're just like lol lol, lol come yeah on, you can on the right board you can be basically immune to like loads of assault lists yeah. like scarabs and we'll touch space on that walls. a bit later yeah yeah so uh, so that yeah that was the list really good stuff so now we know what you took um <laughs> Going into the the GT, um, is there anything you were sort of worried about seeing a lot of? An empty bar. <laughs> well, obviously, that was at the end of day one. That was the case. But uh, um, on the table, uh, what, you, what anything you were particularly uh, reticent pers- to go up against in general, all of you guys? Uh, personally, I didn't really want to fight Florence because. Mm like four wave serpents could just about kill one a turn like if they do well and like with only the one wraith knight you haven't got too much to really sort of worry them and i didn't have much experience playing against them so that was the main thing but in the end i played none so <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to play uh wolves wolf cavalry i didn't want to play demons and i didn't want to play against hornets so that was about it uh... You stayed in the bar for the tournament. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's right, you're right with Eldar. There's a fair few of Eldar here, so, so you're okay with that. Um, Matt, anything yeah. you're looking to avoid with Adlance? A lot of people saying sort of Adlance is that done now, it's over, no one cares about it anymore, it's had its days in the sun. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of games with it recently, and just uh, in preparation for this and I've been enjoying it a lot and it was like yeah there's some lists that I'll probably get beat against but I was more bothered about going playing some games seeing everyone and and a mindset was I don't care how to play I'm just going to go play and see what happens so there wasn't anything I was scared of playing even if I knew it'd be tough I fancied a test yeah uh, is there anything out there at the moment you think that really gives them the hardest time? Uh, Hornets and Flat Hive Tyrants, just as a very bad matchup, as I'll touch on a bit later on. Uh, Wolf Stars are also pretty tough. You've, you've got to rely on rolling some sixes on your stomps to crush them as they crush you. <coughs> yep. Or they, they end up with too much left after you've gone through your nights that you've struggled to deal with. Whereas if you can get enough sixes, I find whatever they've got left at the end of it, Isn't it tends to, to be... Isn't the rest of what you've been... Yeah, because once you've got the characters... With, yeah. There's the not a lot left in that, that list, is there? Um, outside no. of that, that start, it's pretty, pretty points um, intensive. Yeah, but it does hit very hard. What are you guys' thoughts on that... Um, the, the, the NID formation, which is obviously only ever three Florence and three spores the one that's the improved CAD which makes it really really good again yeah well the that, one that, that it's an improved CAD but no one ever takes anything other than two units in it you know? uh, well when you can take it as an ally it's amazing because you don't have to you don't care if you take it as, you don't care if you have crap warlord trait because you you don't use them as warlord anyway yeah. it lets you take the good bits from Nids and just add uh, any other army you want pretty much yeah and I know a few people 
like Sean mentioned on his podcast last time he was on with his lick to shame rate, really rate spore mines and yeah. I really rate them because of the points and what they do yeah they've got a lot of really interesting uses as well um, you can use them to for, they're good for board control um, and stopping things from you know even wanting to go into a certain, certain area let alone you know um, yeah but I think uh, if we have the interview with Justin as well, in this episode either before or after this yes that will be coming after this section yep. he, he, we touch on uh, flying hive turns and leviathans yep. so it's interesting to hear some of his thoughts about what he'd do with that list as well And Excellent. he's basically got the very minimum tax of the mucolids which are good they do in their own special way for 15 points yep. and it gives you 36 from 6 flying shots and those those flying hive tyrants with the twin link devourers are so good at putting out damage, but without really having to worry about taking any back. Um, yeah. There's so so few ways of really actively engaging them. Like anything that's got Skyfire, you can delete pretty effectively. Like f- flyer versus flyer, they don't really have anything to worry about. They they're definitely killing pretty much any flyer in the game. Um, I think also something that's forgotten about is their um, you get three level twos as well, which, yeah. which you know, don't think that six dice is not a bad psychic defense if you get you know just some dice. It's useful, and they also some of their spells can be really good. Psychic um, scream is horrible. I hate that so much. Yeah, scream. Even proxism can be really nasty, yeah. making units weapons go one or two. Um, the catalyst is good. Catalyst is useful. Warp lance can be okay. Um, yeah, they're just all rounders. They're just really good, really solid units. Um, don't need to come out of the sky until turn five, and even then, possibly yeah. not as well. So. Um, but anyway, let's get into um, some of your matchups. Obviously, it's five rounds, which means we're not going to be here for four hours. Um, Unless Adam starts talking. Yeah, we're not doing the round by round thing, Adam. Please, not turn by turn. Aww. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we can set up your own individual War and Peace podcast if you would like. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> you should have told me that before. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have stayed up, stayed in, uh, indoors, and played with your toys, packed up, and gone home. Um, so yeah, let's start off in round one. Who's everyone uh, going up against? Start off with you, Matt. Who did you kick it off? Cool. So, uh, pairing-wise, yep. the way the GT final's done is you turn up, you get given your little mission pack with your score sheets and everything for the weekend with yep. a table number. Okay. And then the next set of people to walk through the door, basically as it goes through a pile, you get to the next pile and there's another rules pack with your table number on. So yep. it's a completely random draw. All depends on when you turn up. So if you turn uh, up in a group with your mates, you, you might end up playing your mates. No, because you'll get all the books out of one pile, and then once that pile's been used up, it'll go to an, the next pile. Ah, uh, okay. Unless you turn up at the end, yep, yep, and then. Yep. Uh, but for the past two years, my first game has been against James McNaughton from the Scotland team. All right. And, and this year. Yep. Yeah, this year. Uh, he turned up with my Edmonds, also the Scottish team. And the next two books were Table 14, which is one I already had, and Table 15. And Blackie got his list... James got his list in just before Blackie. So he just missed me. So it was he was one 
well, a few seconds away from making it three years in a row, really. <laughs> so I got to play Blackie instead. Uh, Blackie being... Matt Edmonds. Matt Edmonds, who's using Chaos Demons. Um, yes. <clears throat> so, Chaos Demons against Adlance and Eldar. Um, what was the mission, first and foremostly? It was Hammer and Anvil, Big Guns Never Tire, and the Maelstrom was Tactical Escalation. Uh, is that... You start with one, and then, yeah, you go up as per the turn number. Okay. So, in this matchup, uh, do you remember his list? Yep, he had Fate Weaver, yeah, three Zinch Heralds on discs, yeah. uh, Nurgle Herald with the Greater Gift and Feel No Pain, level two, yeah. a unit of Plague Drones, no Gifts Screamers. on the uh, I think he had the Grimoire and... The Portoglyph yeah. and the Locus Conjuration. Okay, yeah. So the standard loadout, really. Makes sense, yeah. Uh, big unit Screamers. Uh, they were... I think the Conjuration ended up getting the Grimoire. Okay. But I can't remember 100% sure, because right. it didn't really come into play. Uh, a unit of Horrors, in unit of Nurglings, one Screamer unit, one Plague Drone unit, and that was it. So he's sticking the Heralds uh, into the Screamers and the Nurgle Herald into the Drones. Yep, pretty basic, just double star, and, Screamers uh, and Drones. The, uh, everything else is Deep Striking or starting off the board, I'm presuming. I think the Horrors set up just because okay. it gives him the extra warp charge and uh, can grab the Maelstrom points and beware other things don't want to be. Fair point, and they can hide reasonably well, go to ground and that sort of thing. Yes. Revolable cover saves. Um, <coughs> so, what are you, what are you looking to do in this match? Get in combat. <laughs> because I know Lots once I'm in once I'm in combat, uh, the screamers they'll get the the comp, so they're slightly killable, even if not very. Yeah, even if you don't stomp them, they're still killable. Yeah. Yep, but even with the two up, four up, yeah, not really going to happen too much. But thankfully, he didn't have cursed earth, so the best he could have got was a three up. Yeah. Uh, but the play drones, as Adam knows from when we've played in the past, they can kill, they can do damage to a knight. Yeah. But in this game, I managed to get two knights into his unit play drones because my warlord trait was the plus one charge. And he'd failed, I think, an eight-inch charge. Yeah. Or. And then I managed to get two in, so that unit popped in a turn. The screamers had shot up. He'd been a little bit unlucky with saves. But, uh, yeah, in the end, it was Fate Weaver flying around on a wound who one-shotted both serpents. It was a herald on a disc, which he'd summoned, getting him Linebreaker. One herald on an objective contesting with a knight, and I think another herald hiding somewhere at the end of the game. So the three heralds survived. Well, one was a new one he'd summoned. Oh, okay, all right. But yeah, in the end, it was uh, quite messy because I never actually managed to get in combat with the screamers. Mm. But oh, I think I got in combat with one at the end. Because he had one left out of the unit, and he sat so it on objectives. So you were thinning them down through shooting, I'm presuming. Yeah, I got uh, 
I think I killed four the first turn, which is a little bit lucky. Yeah. But some of the saves weren't amazing. He did. Okay, so he's got all of his stuff off already. Um, yes. <clears throat> um, were you doing much summoning yourself? Uh, I made it my goal in this game to get one to try and get one unit off. Yeah. Because knowing he has so many more dice than me, if I could get one off, it'd be a bit lucky. Yeah. I think I got one unit of demonettes all game. Okay. Well, you mission successful. Yep. So. Um, so I'm presuming moral victory. Was large victory for you. Yeah, that was a twenty nil in the end. I think I had four objectives to his one or three to his two. I had first blood or first strike even on line breaker. He only had line breaker. Anything, uh, anything you think he could have done differently or do you think that was pretty much a foregone conclusion? I think he, turn one, he summoned some demons to try and block me <coughs> but he was too far back so it ended up actually giving me a jump forward. Okay. So I was able to charge seven inches or so and get that extra seven inches forward which I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise but it's not the best matchup with the comp and the summoning comp as well it, it hurts because you can use lots of little demon units to block the knights and control the board a bit more but and a bit more survivability of course um, with the rerolled saves yeah. from your shooting which obviously was very effective for you fortunately yeah, but he knew from the start in this one it was a bad match for him and it ended up being that way. I think after turn two, we took a, an hour break because there was uh, the horrors, a couple of screamers and a herald and Fate Weaver left. That was after I killed all the drones and half the screamers. How many pints did you get in? Uh, 20 in the end. 20 pints, that's good, good yes. work. Cider or lager? Uh, bit of both. <laughs> Um, Adam, your first game. Who are you planning? Right, uh, I turned up quite late. Yeah, no. I, I was. Yeah, so far to before. drive as well. Yeah, I know it's terrible. And uh, I, I think I was the last one that turned up. Well, I thought it was, and they were all like, "Are you playing Josh?" And I'm like, "You wankers! Thanks for that." <laughs> and they they give me my book and sent me off to to my table. And after five minutes, I went back and says um, where's my table and I said it's over there so I went off again to have a look and come back again and like, uh, where's my table and I forgot to set it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh dear. nothing like feeling wanted well, I think one of the issues with that was because a few a couple of people played on the morning and turned up like oh we didn't know you were coming crap we need to set the table up now <laughs> So uh, yeah, so uh, and they were joking. I wasn't playing Josh, and my the last person to actually turn up wasn't me. It was supposed to be Joel, Joel Hume, and he had got lost on the way. Even though he's been there quite a few times, so um, yeah, that was fun. So I had to wait for them to set up a table. I had to sort of help set up my own table as well. The cheek of it, I should have got a, a refund partly for from. You look really like you turn up, Adam. Bless you. Yeah. And uh, Joel turns up, and obviously he's got Wolfstar, so I'm like, bugger, right? First game with Necrons, and I'm playing Wolfstar. But um, it was he went first. He had an interesting list where he's got uh, sisters, 
in it as well. So mm. he's, a, he's allied in three exorcists and um, a priest. So he gets to reroll saves in combat, uh, the saints, and a, a couple of sister squads. Yeah. So it, it's quite a nice list. It, yeah, that's. I mean, that um, definitely gives him a bit of a bit of a shooting punch and some some backfield support as well. Um, uh, I'd imagine the priest slows down the star though a bit. He just hangs at the back, so it doesn't yeah. slow it down that much because your fast movers You're are twelve inch, running into the middle so, of the table and just allowing him to sort of float there. I guess. What slows down, which I found with my list with Destroy Lord with the race, is when you've got a character you need at the front mm. moving slow. Now that slows down the unit, but because the Wolf Star got the characters you want moving fast at the front, it's not too bad adding characters on foot in that. Yeah, the tanks. He's not one of the tanks that you need up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Exes weren't that great, to be honest. But I mean, no. the main reason is the priest. <laughs> that's, that's why he took sister, sisters. Is a priest. That re-rolls in combat is awesome. And um, Joel was going first, which I really didn't want because I wanted to put some of the strength 10 on him from the Doomsday Arcs. So with his scout move, that gives me no time really to shoot him. And uh, basically scouted forward and we've had a big uh, How's he fight in the middle. With the, uh, he's joined uh, a unit of the sisters which have scout. The Dominions. Oh, okay. That's the one. That's novel. Yeah. It's just a yeah. five with no guns, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So it, it, obviously he leaves them later on because he's got he has to split up the uh, the, the uh, Thunderwolf cavalry because mm. they can't join the uh, scouting unit. So he splits them up, does a scout, and then joins later on. Why can he not uh, do that? He has a unit of Thunderwolf cavalry as well as the Lords. Yeah. Because um, they're not independent characters. Oh, sorry. I'm so used to I'm so used to other builds. Good grief. Yes. Okay, so he's <laughs> yeah. got an actual unit of Thunderwolf Cavalry. I'm not used to seeing those either. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice list. But yeah, obviously, I haven't got many shots, but I have got low AP shots. So mm. uh, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. But the um, thing was, my Wraiths and Destroy Lord met his combat unit in the middle. Yeah. And my Destroy Lord did. Decided to tank everything. Oh, like a boss. Funny. Yeah, it was really funny for like two rounds. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, he failed hit and run, which was nice as well, which helped. And uh, I think he finally killed all the race and the destroyer lord. And I just had Oregon left. And this time he passed hit and run because we was running out of time. He had to start going after the, the other units. And I'd shouted my doomsday arcs and everything in the corners and put the destroyers around them so he couldn't assault them and that and I slowly started to create one unit of uh, destroyers down down the board edge to get to where his sisters was and basically it was looking like because Joel was late we was not going to play any more turns it was going to be a fifth turn finish and I was going second so Nothing I managed really to do. Oh, well, I managed to claim my objective on my side with my troops being objective secured. He, he, he had his Thunderwolf star around my objectives, but he couldn't kill my troops mm. in time. So I had them. He had the two on his side because it was four objectives. 
and basically I just got some destroy lords down to one of his troop units on objective and assaulted last turn to try and claim it and he passed his leadership test and stopped locked in combat unfortunately so it ended up uh, a 10-10 oh okay yeah so if he wasn't late it would have carried on and he would have won the game so it's his own fault for being late <laughs> but uh, yeah I enjoyed the Necron but that Thunderwolf is, list is scary really scary kind of an unconventional one as well not one that I've seen before so it's, it's interesting to see people's different spins um, obviously that, that priest's really good um, <coughs> that scout very important as well um, so yeah, it's an interesting yeah. way of doing it anyway um, I, I think if anything you'll see the exorcist dropped and just more of the wolf stuff added I think he did say <laughs> when I was cheeking to it at the end of the weekend they'd been pretty useless all weekend I mean he's basically yeah. he's basically using them for the the re-rolls on saves pretty much um, and for what he's and hit and run yeah yeah but I'm saying for what what for what he's um for what he's getting there, he, he'd probably do it better with the with the Dark Angels version of that. I think with the with no, the, the, the rear or save makes them almost unkillable. Yeah. Also, you Even can get another gone. priest in there to make him reroll to wound as well, which can be pretty nice if you have a big load of mm. dogs. And they, because you've got Celestine in there and you've got a little litanies, they're auto passing it, so they're like. Uh, it's really nice and Saint Celestine gives them adamantium will as well which is okay. yeah, can yeah, be useful so something else it's like even with but the exorcists are just they're so random now and yeah. like Louis you get like you know, two or three shots at a serpent it's like meh not yeah, so even with the comp you have to do 36 wounds to kill a wolf lord sorry a wolf guard battle leader yeah the uh, doomsday arcs and the heavy destroyers made short work of the Exodus as well to be honest they really are good at killing tanks I think the points for the Exorcist would be quite good as maybe some Space Wolf Flyers just to give it like a little bit different no you need more more bodies more bodies in, in that unit stuff. there's not enough Alpha. It, it's I, hard but there's how many not did enough models that's a very good question Alpha. <laughs> I can't remember what characters did he have then yeah uh, we had the Saint obviously no, I mean, had, um, Space Wolf characters, did he have? Uh, yes. No idea, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, did he have, like, the full six, or...? I don't think so. He had two Iron have... Priests, I know that. Okay. And probably one, maybe two Wolf Battle Leaders, I couldn't tell you. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think I killed two of them with strength 10 shooting, mm. and the rest of just was cowering while he was punching me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Adam's Friday night. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I was happy with the 10 out of that game, to be honest, because I, I consider that a bad matchup. So, uh, yeah, I was quite pleased with that result. Good stuff, good stuff. Or was it one that you were uh, um, not looking forward to? Um, so, yeah, not, not a terrible start. Doesn't mean you're out the running as well. It's not a win loss bracketed system um, so yeah let's uh, go on to James um, so I did play Josh first round I uh, did play Josh okay yeah and he had three fly rents 
So it was Eldar primated summon seer. Top couple of jet bikes. And then you had I can't remember seven. I think hornets. Yeah, squad of three. Yeah, squad of three. Two squads of two. Three flyerants and three mucolids. I think that was it. Can't think of anything else in this list anyway. And um, yeah, so I wasn't that I wasn't that worried about his list. It was okay, but I thought it's not. He hasn't got a lot. He hasn't got any serpents, so bikes are actually quite safe against a lot of his shooting because um, I get two up cover save as long as I've turboing. And the only downside was that he got first turn, which meant that I had to be quite defensive because I didn't really want him to shoot me with three flyerants and seven hornets into a bike squad in turn one because it'd probably like take a huge chunk out of it so I deployed quite um, back um, but it was kind of back and forth he got a little bit lucky he passed a he passed a grounding check on a, I hit him with a tractor cannon and he passed a fucking grounding check cheeky, like, cheeky motherfucker um, with one of his flyerants that was right next to four power claws and so uh, he rolled a six which was lucky for him uh, but I guess the crucial turning point of that game was he, his warlord blew up when he tried to cast a summoning spell he rolled okay. a one and failed the leadership check uh, which is really good because those fucking summoning seers oh my god just he kept he was his one mistake I think the whole game really was he kept trying to summon flamers and mm. I understood why because normally when you play orcs you summon flamers and you just burn the crap out of them yeah but I had a custom force field with a four up and vulnerable and I had feel no pain on the big squad so really flamers do fuck all they don't do any damage to me um, he should have been summoning demonettes or something like basically something to, to block me off um, and Demonet's probably the best in terms of uh, they do some damage guess, yeah. I mean oh, speed uh, seekers are better but but he actually just wanted more bodies. wanted wounds he wanted more 10 guys mm. really spread out but um, and just to just to be annoying and so in the end um, I managed to ram with that snack on a unit of hornets kind of caught him off guard a bit and I killed a blobby of hornets for that and then he basically hid his hornets on top of impassable terrain for the rest of the game so I couldn't I couldn't get to them with Zed Snipe anymore yeah um, <laughs> Zed Snipe was like cursing at them with his power claw like waiting wait <laughs> to come down <laughs> you he pesky kids yeah as soon as they came down they were getting fucking butt raped by him but uh yeah, in the end, I I managed to basically had control of the objectives. I can just kill a flyer, and, and he had to come down on turn five because um, we were running out of time as usual. Uh, turn five, I had to end the bottom of turn five, so I just I just split all my characters off on turn five and just contested everything. And uh, my lucky stick war boss killed some horrors, and I uh, won I won the primary, but because. I, he had pretty good control of um, with his, before his summons had blew up he had good control of all the objectives by summoning crap on them and it's I didn't have a lot to shift like 10 demonettes or 10 you know, just in, or, or, ten, or three, even 3 flamers in cover uh, that was hiding uh, on objectives so he won the maelstrom and so in the end I think it was 12-8 to me something like that Not a terrible result, but not not the best. Good start for you. Um, Technical victory for the Orcs. Yep. Think you should have uh, done better, or if it had gone on, if it, if we'd had more time and the game had gone on, I would have won. Uh, I think I think I would have won twenty nil personally. Uh, he had a couple of flyers left, but 
yeah, they would have cleared some grots off the backfield, but I would have completely destroyed the rest of his army basically because his, his hornets had to come down to try and fight. They had to you know, contest objectives and things, and I would have just killed them all on his, on turn six. So I think I would have uh, mopped up nearly everything. And uh, because we were running out of time, I basically skipped the maelstrom because I was uh, three points behind. I, I couldn't I couldn't catch him uh, yeah. on turn five, but I probably would have caught the maelstrom again. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I, prob- I probably would have 16 forward after, after turn six, on turn six, turn seven. <clears throat> All right, so that just leaves uh, Simon's first round. Yeah, so I played Miles Davis. I actually played him in the first round last year as Miles well. Miles Davis, the jazz legend. Awesome. Uh, not quite, no. Um, yeah, the sense star rather than jazz music. Jazz band. Yeah. yeah. So he had the standard Nemesis Strike Force with Drago, two Dreadnoughts with the Flamers, one with a sword, and both with jump packs. Um, five Terminators with the Psy Cannon. Okay. Five Purifiers with two Psy Cannons. Hmm. And then he had an Iron Hands Librarian and three Iron Hands Centurions and some Scouts then as well, rather than Ultramarines, which I think they would have been better as Ultramarines, but he was reticent to like drop the points to afford Tigerius. But he's like, so, but then when he rolled his powers, he didn't get invisibility or ignores cover. Oh. Yeah, so I was feeling like, okay, but like... I don't know. I ended up losing eighteen two, which is a bit of a shame because I forgot it was big guns. I just thought it was objectives. So in mm. the last turn, I should have gone for a dread knight, and my wraith knight went into Drago instead to try and finish him. And there was a one point swing on big guns then, so I lost. Oh, I hate that when that happens. Yeah. Oh, and it just it yeah. looks like you just got your ass kicked, and you just yeah, you had like a one. So it was point a shame. Swing. Like, yeah. but but he did play really well. Like he he reserved everything yeah. and went first, like except for the sense star. And all four of his reserve stuff, like the Terminators, Purifiers, Dreadnoughts, all deep struck, all arrived, all direct hit, exactly where he wanted. Oh, so it was nice. like full on balls to the wall, but really good. And then the Sensedar direct hit as well. And I was like, this is going to sting. <laughs> um, so that that hurt quite a bit. And then it was just trying to, I got down the other end of the board, but yeah, it was an uphill really. So it was a bit disappointing to only get two points, but it was the first sort of, real competitive game for quite a while so it was good to get back into the swing of things and he's a really nice guy as well so that was good like it's a really nice way to start the weekend and it meant hopefully I'd have a slightly better game get round two game to easy slightly you know better game to ease you back into the swing of things yeah yeah well hopefully we'll see we'll see yeah Um, alright cool so let's get into the next round trying to fly through these as quickly as possible um, yeah. just getting the, the nuggets of information out of you guys uh, Robbo let's go back to you sir for your second round cool my round two I played Mark Kelly who had quite an interesting Dark Eldar homunculus list okay Tell it us was the homunculus coven with a homunculus uh, two units of four grotesques unit of three grotesques with I think they had some flamer weapons I'm not 100% sure because yeah against my army they didn't do anything so we just skipped over that <laughs> uh, he ha- then he had three of the Kronos pain engines and then the Talos formation okay which is unit 5 Talos which we scout yes yeah. and whenever it kills unit it gets a victory point which could be important 
and this was on kill points as well so his army I think had so he gets double points basically 8 kill points yeah or 9 kill points my army had 8 kill points so this could be quite interesting they're so tough to actually kill in three turns. Oh, because they've got like super buffed feel no pain as well, haven't they? Yeah, it, I was hitting five with my blast for the first two turns on his Talos unit because he'd scouted and I seized on him, <laughs> and so he was a bit bunched up still. And then he just tried rushing at me. Uh, so if you say I did one, two, three, four, about six large blasts and two wave serpents or three wave serpents into that unit, I think I killed one. And did two wounds on another. And that was with every large blast hitting five. It was just so durable. And I was there going, oh crap. I've not really killed many here. But that was the point, turn three, when I actually hit combat. And then I think I tabled him at the end of turn four. Because <laughs> those guys just do not stand up to knights at all. Did you roll sixes? Uh, do you even need to do no. up and just fuck some the D did you outplay him with your sixes <laughs> no need for sixes in this game guys yeah. just, just did you roll sixes kill. come on yeah. did you roll them nah you don't really need it cause... did you though no I didn't <laughs> you liar I wish I had <laughs> but because they don't get all their buffs from the feel no pain and all that kind of thing it was just like cool I get in I'm doing D3 wounds on each one I'm just starting to chew through them really quickly especially on these small units where you just have one Kronos in a unit it's like here you go I'll kill this one Kronos kill this one kill this one charge two knights into his Talos star I think I killed it on his go and just step through it that way they can even hurt knights they're only strength 7 aren't they so they can't really they can smash for a couple of attacks but not really good at killing knights. No. No way fast enough anyway. There isn't much what's good at killing knights, to be fair. Uh, knights. Yeah, other knights, yeah. Yeah, knights splat other knights. So what but then saying, they explode and then knights. kill the other knights as well. So. Yep. Everybody's happy then. Yeah, so everybody used knights. It's all fine then. Uh, right, so Adam. Right, I was playing uh, Paul Burke with okay. his demons. So naturally I had to go at Paul for doing so bad. Only gained 10 points or whatever it was, uh -huh. so I'm playing him. That was very poor showing from him. Yeah. Um, it was another matchup I didn't want to play because I haven't got many shots in the list. But luckily it was kill points. Because at objectives, he, he just would have annihilated me. So um, I've camped in a little corner. I've shielded everything, put the Doomsday Arcs in the corner and done a little semicircle round them and put my Wraith unit with the Destroy Lord and Hulkin. So at the front, sort of threatening if you come near me, I'm going to assault you because uh, if he gets his Screamer unit, because he had, sorry, he had Fate Weaver, uh, four Heralds. Uh, and three units of screamers, two units of horrors, I think it was. So if he gets that screamer unit, what's buffed up with the grim name, and I assault it, then 
he's not going to kill me and he's just locked the whole game and if he fails he's grim he's in trouble and I've got enough high strength shots to pick off at the other bits like double tap the other screamers and that so it it was a tricky one but I wasn't too confident about it but um I haven't done much on the shooting when we started. He kept rolling plus one in one on the warp storm, which didn't help. And he was sort of coming in, casting flickering fire on me, uh, turboing back out. Uh, and then Fate Weaver was in reserve, come on. And basically, in this matchup, Fate Weaver is probably the best at killing units. But the problem is, you got to get him in close. So, and I've got quite a lot of firepower actually up range because uh, I'm double in double shots or close range. The Doomsday Arc, I've got the arrays which do uh, quite a lot of shots as well. So he, he's brought Fight Weaver on. He, he's done a peril. So I think I've done a, a, a wound to him. Then next turn, he's kept Fight Weaver there. He's done yeah. I think another peril. Then flew off the table. And basically, he's down to two wounds comes back on again the turn after and he perils again which <laughs> always happens with Fireweaver because it, it, it's so easy to perils I'm waiting for him to ground it, himself off of perils that's the best one and he, he never done it I was waiting oh. and waiting but he was in front of me left the one wound so I thought right that's it everything's shooting into it so I fired the flare array from the Doomsday Arc first and that killed him it's quite funny <laughs> result so once he died because there was no kill point going on that's basically uh, Warlord as well as the kill points mm-hmm. and he's struggling again to come near me because my Rafe unit's threatening him half and I've started to advance once Fate Weaver died and I've managed to spit off the characters so I've just got the Rafes because they've got fleet by themselves yep. and then I've, I've managed to make a 10 inch charge to lock his, uh, his screaming unit and that that was it then. So I I managed to win on kill points. I basically gave away Maelstrom, camped in the corner because I, I was never going to win it. So Paul had three rain and Maelstrom. And I won the tertiary by killing his warlord and getting line breaker and getting first blood. I think as well. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, yeah, quite pleased with that result. Uh, I wouldn't have liked to play it in objectives, but. Yeah, that Rafe unit and the Destroyer Lord is proving to be very scary to people. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, definitely like Rafe. Everyone knows Rafe are, are very, very good in this edition. Um, and survival as say, well with the. Uh... Gotta say as well, the actual destroyers now are so hard to kill. Tough does five, two wounds with a three up, and then the five up reanimation. They're really hard. I mean, he managed to get a kill point from me failing a leadership test. That was the only way he killed a unit. They really are tough. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, James, after your your narrow victory uh, against a very tough opponent in the first round, who did you end up with in round two? Uh, I played like... It's like the one freaking match you don't want to play in kill points, and that's Atlantis with Imperial Guard blobs because it's like, oh god, not fucking kill points. So Courtney uh, Rhodes had Atlantis with basically 
two blobs and Yarrick. That's it. Disarm. He had like, uh, it's like seven or eight kill points, I think. And yeah. I had quite a few more. Um, so any mission, any of the mission is just not too difficult, but kill points, it's very difficult. As uh, Matt was saying with the Wolf Star, it's very similar to the Orcs. You, you go in, you fight the knights in combat, you probably kill each other. But he's got three knights, and I've got five kill points or six kill points in that unit. Yeah. And so even if I make a trade, I still lose basically the game. Um, so I wasn't like really that confident. Not really sure. So I thought, well, I guess my best plan is to try and kill a knight and then try and hide myself in, into those blobs, try and get the priests and things, and uh, maybe I can somehow manage to. to uh, Use the tank buses to finish Can off I your knights. I ask you a question. Though? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Yeah. So that unit's got scout, right? Yeah. So it can outflank if it wants to. Yeah. Okay. If you come on from outflank. Yeah. Could you then tank shock a knight on the turn you come on from outflank? Yeah, but he gets he gets to hit you, which you can look out, sir. But it's still it's a bit risky. He gets to hit you. Oh, he gets one. Yeah. Does yeah. he get to stomp as well? Well, he hits you in the movement phase, and then you count as being engaged, and he'll yeah. hit you again in the assault phase and stomp yeah. you. Yeah, okay. But so you, you can do it. Yeah. It's, it's possible. No, I just wondering um, if it's a possibility. That's all. <coughs> yeah, so what I, th- I, I I made a slight mistake, and I deployed... Basically, he, he split his knights up, which I thought was really risky when you've got two lots of tank busters, because tank busters are actually really good against knights, because um, loads of melt bombs, and... I would trade a one for one with those knights, um, but also just the basic strength of shooting is quite good. So he split them up. Maybe, maybe actually was a hindsight a tactical genius move, but it made it, le- it made me deploy my tank busters um, out of range of his other two knights, but in range of the one knight. And I deployed my bike star and the tank busters and the gun wagons, and I put everything else in reserve. And he. Uh, basically, on his first shot, he killed the gun wagon, even though it had a three-up cover with um, a battle cannon, which was like really. Yeah. Oh, Armor like, thirteen with four up and vulnerable. Yeah, are they so open topped? I presume they're still open topped. They are open topped. Yeah. 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 But it was like that was a big like. Yeah, oh, that's really I, probably, I probably should have reserved them, um, but that was hindsight. I, I, I thought it was worth the risk. Uh, oh yeah, but, that's that's really yeah, that's like a really abnormal. Uh, freak occurrence. Yeah, a little bit unlucky. As they killed that one, and obviously that means he gets first strike. <coughs> he's now a kill point ahead. So at this point, I'm like, oh bugger, it's like really bad. And now, because as soon as he's, I'm chasing him, he can win by one nil, and he wins. He gets all the points. So I really basically have to uh, decide do I, and I can't hang back because if I hang back, my grots are going to walk on. My guns are going to walk on. And he'll just basically battle cannon them off, and he'll just kill them, and they'll make him run away. So I'm going to lose if I sit at the back. So uh, I think I'm going to go for it. And I basically bum rush one night with all my bites. Um, he takes the bait and charges with the one night. I leave the other two knights with like a double six charge and he doesn't, he doesn't make them. And I end up, after combat, I don't roll very well and I leave the knight on one hold point left, um, which is bad because it means that in my turn, obviously... I kill it, and then the other two knights can charge me. Um, but I managed to. Uh, but I'm like, oh shit! It's going to really 
two knights are going to basically kill the whole Death Star. So I have to sacrifice all my spare small war bikes and death copters to block them off. It obviously costs me lots of kill points. At this point, I'm basically having to table him to win. And, uh, that's a big ask. Yeah, that's a big ask. You have to kill like 50-man blobs and things. And so I thought, oh, fuck it. And he also gets quite another, another random battle cannon kills my other gun wagon, even with a four vulnerable. So at this point, I've lost my tank busters are basically fucked because they're they're at the back. They're, you know, they're, they're not really in a position to charge them anymore because um, they're so fast. Those knights they can now run away from tank busters. Um, and so I, instead of engaging the two knights in combat, which is just you know crazy, I just I charge the blobs. I think at least if I can hide in there, I kill the blobs and then I'll get out and I'll be able, hopefully I get a bit of luck and I get out of my turn. I can charge the knights. It's 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 pretty much not going to happen, but I thought why not. And uh, charge the blobs, and I just roll. I just roll really bad, and the blobs, because um, he's got Yarrick. He actually has preferred enemy orcs as well. Which is like, <laughs> it's fucking annoying because Yarrick. <laughs> it's like one of the fucking few times that preferred enemy orcs. Re- like you forget about that. It's like those fifty-man blobs got freaking preferred enemy. Got to love which, the uh, uh, love the narrative there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he keeps passing that leadership seven check to make them re-roll saves. And I just can't kill them quick enough. And eventually, he manages to make a little gap. So the two knights just just clip my unit. And yeah, Matt will tell you what happened. The two knights charge a unit. He just he just basically you do an Irish jig. <laughs> yeah, Sadsnark actually blew up a knight on his own in what at the same time as the knight charging, which was funny. But the two knights just basically ruffle stomp over the over the unit. Did and, the uh, blob disappear when it blew up? No, it actually, it actually scattered into the middle of my unit and blew up. Oh, no. <laughs> so it just, like, took the rest of the guys out with him. Um, I think, actually, the other night was down to one hole point as well by the end of the combat, but he still had, like, bits of the blob left, and I'm, like, shooting, I had nothing left in terms of combat, so... Uh, he won comfortably on kill points. On Maelstrom, uh, we drew, I think. I think he drew... How many points did he draw? Was it three? Yeah, <coughs> yeah, three. Oh, drawn. I can't, I can't remember. I ended up getting, I think, six points or something like that. I think maybe I won the Maelstrom then, because um, you got first strike. So I think I think I won the Maelstrom, but I lost everything else. So I got six points. Disappointing after a promising start. Um, Simon. Hello. Uh, how did you get on in your second round match? Who are you playing? Um, I played Andrew Hopper. So oh, I played him last year as well, and um, he had a serpent spam with one one squadron of hornets. All right. So not too many, just just three, and then he had like a mantle seer, but he went for all the Eldar powers rather than some summoning, which okay. was good. I don't think he has the models. Yeah, I don't think so. so he had. He didn't realise that 40k is now a socialist paradise, and you can uh, just use everyone else's summoning models. No, yeah, he uh, he didn't have anyone who'd spent so long building and painting demons for him to pick up at random. We love Andy for one reason, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so he had six wave serpents. I think one of them was Dragon, one of them was fire dragons, and then yeah, one squad of hornets and a Farsia, and that that was about it. So he uh, we rolled off, and I I it was, so it was basically a serpent off. I managed to go first, so I got a nice corner plenty of cover and he set up all his stuff castle behind a ruin with his hollow fields and in my shooting I think 
in the first two rounds, he failed six out of seven rolls to downgrade pens to glances. So even though he wasn't jinking, he still lost all his firepower. So that that killed the game, really. So I think the kill points in the end, I went 12-5, and I went 8-0 in Maelstrom, so 20-0 in the end. So It uh, went quite badly for Andrew, but fair play, he took it really well. But wasn't too much he could do after a pretty disastrous start to the game. But yeah, you've got to be happy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I was certainly happy about that. I mean, I managed to get the summoning going, so I didn't want to do too much because it was the uh, kill points, but I got a unit of uh, Seekers, the fast demonette yeah. cavalry. Yeah. So uh, they just got in front of his wave serpents, so they couldn't run away. And then I got some hawks in behind, so he had to either turn around and shoot the hawks and then die, or leave the hawks, and then they just haywire all his tanks to death then. That was good. Um, that... They went really well. Um, yeah, in, in general, just managed to box him in a corner and just shot him to death with wave serpents. It's like it's one of those sort of really brutal games where you just pick up piles and piles of dice and throw them at your opponent until they're finally dead. <laughs> I do that basically. Not when I'm shooting things, I just throw dice at people. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the advantage of wave serpents is you get like a reason to do it. But the night spinners were handy as well because he had his big castle. I think I could hit like four things at once. So that was fun. Um, yeah, so twenty nil in the end. Um, I did feel quite bad for Andrew, but he like he took it really well. He's like, ah, oh, there's nothing you can do. So, so yeah, it was good. It was a good game, much better result. So, I was back in the running, then back in the middle of the pack. Yeah, you got to be, uh, you know, feeling happy to be back, sort of back in your stride a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, because after the first game, I was a bit disappointed. I thought I could have played maybe a bit better, and then against Andrew, it went quite well and set me up for the final game of the day so last game of the first day um, Mr Robertson who are you playing what have they got and what is the mission the mission was uh, one objective of each contact lost I I was playing Greg Mountford who had well he's famous for using lots and lots of broadsides all the time so it was a nice change to see him not using broadsides. Instead, he had a scarab farm, nine tomb spiders, uh, one from the special formation. So 10 in total, 12 wraiths, five scarabs, a destroyer lord, a cryptech with a solar staff thingy majiggy. Yeah. <laughs> and a bastion and an Aegis defense line. Okay, Bastion and Aegis defence line. Yes, one of the uh, formation fortification things where you can take and add Aegis to it. You can add like Aegis and Tangle Wire and different things to a lot of the bigger fortifications. Okay. They're just not used that often. No, they're some, definitely some not. events don't allow them, and others just. It depends what what you add. A lot of the time, people don't even bother with fortifications at all. Can you yeah. actually get the books now? Can the the what? The, the actual book these rules are in. Can you actually buy them now? Yeah, you've been able to buy them for ages. Yeah, I know. But can you still buy them? Uh, yeah. What what what's a book called now? Stronghold of Sword, isn't it? That's it's... it. The difficulty is always that they're getting the models and like making something that's not completely stupid size and like. 
you know, people, if you're going to make some bloody tangle wire, then people are going to make it stupidly big to block one sight and such. It's always trying to balance that out, mm. insensible and with, you know, playability. Well, you say that. When the things like, sorry, Ken. Sorry. No, sorry, carry on. I was just going to say, things like tank traps, they give you a four-up cover save, so you can make them ginormous um, if you want to. There's nothing stopping you making them, making them like, you know, three or four inch tall, you want to? Yeah, you have to add FAQ details to limit sizes and different things. What I was going to say... work. Standardization. Um, when the, uh, it first came out the book... And the, was it the void shield generators and people were on about what size to make them? Well, no one knew what they looked like. Actually, then they actually put the model out and it was huge. It and was it sold ridiculous. out within an hour. It sold out before yeah. it actually went on sale, I think. It sold yeah. out like the night before or something crazy. It's one of the first people, things to sell out that they in that sort of release schedule that they had. <laughs> yeah, people were expecting these little things. Uh, and they were trying to come up with their own ideas. They were using like comms relays as them, and, and then they come out with the actual model, and it was just ridiculously so big. So you don't actually know what they intended on a lot of this stuff, like the pipeline. Yeah. You've got to look at um, sort of leaked, blurry photos to work out what they are. But anyway, let's get back to the game. Um... Right, so this beginning of this game is interesting. We end up having a five-minute discussion over what counted as impassable train and what didn't. Okay. Him, him knowing that he couldn't charge impassable train because his scarabs and roof just sit, they just sit there going, uh, I can't get you up there. And me having wave serpents which can jump up on the impassable train, sit there and hide from him. So he was a little bit unhappy. I could do that didn't want it to be impassable for that very reason but in the end was forced to give in and then uh, he went first oh sorry no I went first I killed a scarab put a few wounds on spiders his saves were pretty good and then so turn one he charges one of my knights with his scarabs which was only 15 man unit at the time which I then proceeded to destroy by charging another knight into the combat and just finishing them off over a couple of turns and a unit of wraiths. And my other knight with the two serpents help killed the other unit of wraiths he had. And then I started just picking on the spiders. And it all, I think by turn five, he had the Immortals in a Bastion and everyone else was dead so I didn't bother shooting it with my Melter Knight which was running at him purely because it meant that he'd get out and I'd have to deal with him so I just sat in front of the door instead with a mm -hmm. sir and just left it as that basically kept my objective beat him massively on Maelstrom and had Warlord and Linebreaker compared to uh, Warlord I think in the end he realised or actually quite early on he realised that he'd made a mistake by charging turn one with his scarabs if he'd held off for another turn maybe another two turns he would have had 
so many scarabs, I just wouldn't be able to deal with them all. But whereas he charged and had 15, it was a manageable amount. When he charges with 25, 35, it starts becoming a real problem because that'll kill a knight if it touches it. And I can't just clear it off in one or two turns. It takes me a lot more effort to get rid of that many. Yeah. Which I'd found in the past as well, to be honest. He soon learned that. But it was a good game. It was over turn five, I think, the game finished in the end. So another 20 nil for me. Good stuff, man. Very, very impressive. The adamantium lance is still going strong. And didn't even need too many stomps. <laughs> What's it? Have, you, have we kept a running total of how many sixes you've rolled on stomps so far throughout the tournament? Can you remember? Uh, I got one in game two, one in game three. Uh, did I get any game one? I don't think so. Oh yeah, I got one. I got one in game one as well. Okay. So, so you're wrong on a game. Right then, um, Adam, your game three, please. Right, I was playing uh, Eric Herith with his Eldar, and he he had four serpents, a summoning seer, a Wraith knight, and two units of three hornets, and fire dragons within one of the serpents so it is quite a nasty shooty Aldar list and the big role basically was who went first and I won that one thank god because I didn't want to take all that firepower and uh, we had um, where I was deploying we had this big uh, sort of building where it was completely solid on the bottom it, I mean it was a, probably about uh, 10-12 inch wide as well and um, there was like three floors and windows on the second and then battlements on the top and I was struggling to find where to put my doomsday arc so in the end I thought sod it and I set one up on the top and was able to pivot where I wanted then and have a good line of sight there the whole battlefield and my destroy lords were able to jump from behind and then jump back when they wanted to so that was quite a nice building to have and uh, I was setting up and this is where I thought well the heavy destroyers would probably be more useful than the wraiths in this one so I actually put the destroy lords and I was getting with the heavy destroyers okay and that proved to be a very nice unit. Um, I mean, I went first, and with the firepower I've got, well, the tank-killing power I've got from the Doomsday arcs and the destroyers, it was basically forcing him to jink with everything. I think I killed, like, a, a couple of Hornets out one unit, made the other unit jink. Uh, I mean, made a couple of Wave Serpents jink. And... Um, He's turned what what he's got left to shoot. He's shooting at the destroyer, heavy destroyer unit with the uh, D Lord, and I'm just tanking all all the wounds on that. And basically, over the course of the, the game, uh, I'm just slowly picking off his uh, his tanks and kill, uh, making them jink every turn. Basically, uh, 
it comes to the point where I need to start attacking his because it was um, home home and away objectives. So I've put the Destroyer Lord in the race now with Oregon and they've started to go and try and take his his home objective. They've gone into combat with the Wraith Knight and mm. killed him over a couple of turns. Okay. And I just managed last turn to kill. We had two Die Avengers left on his objective. And he's sort of whatever he's got left, he's camped around his objective. And I've just managed to kill the Die Avengers with the um, Doomsday Arc Blast and assault his Warlord and put a, a single Wraith what was left to contest the objective. And it gave me a 20 nil victory. So it was a, it was quite a good game, but the big key moment I think was going first. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, that can happen at tournaments. You know, those those one or two rolls um, really do have such a great effect on uh, on the, on the game. Especially yeah, now there's so much, so now there's so much firepower in lists now. It, it's just huge I mean this was okay in the way I had the good terrain but a lot of games if you're not going first against a heavy firepower list you're in trouble especially, especially if you haven't got a way of like hiding anyway yeah hiding is most important I'll do it quite well <laughs> good man good man um, so you're happy with how the Necrons are performing so far after the first day yeah um, it's they're not great uh, at something but they're good at a bit a bit of everything if you know what I mean mm. so they don't put out a high rate of fire but the firepower they're putting out is good uh, the, the combat you've only got like the one unit they're not like overpowered at killing stuff but they're good at taking the punishments um, quite slow uh, if anything I find them quite difficult on Maelstrom because you're hiding a lot of time with the jump shoot jump and mm -hmm. the doomsday arcs never move because if you move you change your fire mode so the, the shot's not as good um, but yeah, I'm enjoying them. It's a nice change having to go into a game and just play without doing all the random rolling, psychic powers, uh, gifts and stuff like that. So it, it was quite refreshing just setting up and playing. I, I had a fixed Warlord trait, so there was no rolling for me whatsoever. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a powerful dex. It's... As I say it does bits well, but it's not excelling at anything. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have a jack of all trades. Yeah. And that's kind yeah. of what I like but, about the Space Marine book as well. Like, if you're not running Sensor, of course, like that you can, you know, you, you can kind of at least have a go at everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. That is what the Necron book is. <coughs> You're not looking. Uh, at, you're not looking at a matchup and thinking, "Oh God, there's no chance here." Very often, anyway. Yeah, so I think there's promise for the Necrons, and they are quite fun to play. Good. I'm really glad to hear that. Speaking of fun to play, let's uh, ask Ramsey how he's getting on with his rampaging orc bikers. 
Where are you? Uh, um, I played Dan Sargent, and he had... He's using Eldar with Tau, and he had three Wraith Knights, Summon Seer, Hornets, uh, some other chaff, and then he had... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I can't even remember. It's all this stuff that flew around. I think Jet Bikes and shit. And then he had um, a Tau Commander with some suits, some yeah. crew, uh, missile suits, and he had a Bastion. And... Um, yeah, so this is like I, I kind of I didn't play very well this game. I think I was quite tired. But basically, turn one, I scouted up and I charged the bastion with Zed Snark and blew it up um, with the ram, which is quite funny. And I made his I made his crisis suits disembark. Um, and then I got quite lucky actually that because it's it's got four four points in it. But um, he didn't do a lot turn one to me. Just shot some crap. Um, I reserved everything I think apart from. Some tank busters and, and the bikes because I don't want to give up first strike. Yeah. And turn two is really the critical, uh, basically the most important bit of the whole game, where I, I, I he had, he's basically left the wraith knight really close to uh, the bikes, and I thought, well, I can charge them, I can charge the wraith knight, or I could charge the crisis suits. But the crisis suits have got that ignore cover shooting, and I'm only basically surviving because I got a custom force field. I think I got I got to kill them, or I'm gonna I'm gonna lose loads of bikes. So I charged the Wraith Knight with some tank busters on the uh, and tank busters. And I thought, oh, well, that's probably not enough. So I, I attached the Lucky Stick Warboss to them because it makes them weapon skill five for their melter bombs, and also it gives them leadership nine for that inevitable fear check. And I thought, well, you know, I've got a good chance. And the Lucky Stick guy just demolishes Wraith Knights as well. Like, he doesn't, just doesn't care about them. Threes to hit, we rolling to hit, and then twos to win, we rolling as well. It's just yeah, you just crush him. And uh, yeah, so I kill the Crisis, but then. I failed the fear check with the lucky stick and the minute bomb guy, so I'm now weapon skill one. It's bad. And then he he kills two or three tank busters. Ah, my lucky stick guy just like misses with everything. And then the metal bombs miss. And basically the unit gets the tank busters and the lucky stick guy get run down. And that's like really bad because uh he's now basically that Wraith Knight can just jump inside backfield and start killing the grots and big guns and things that were holding Maelstrom and my objectives and he's just jumped and there's loads of buildings as well and uh, the the basically I'd, I'd held them with my grots I'd, I'd ran inside them to control them and then jump back out again because uh, I don't want to be inside them when he charged them with Wraith Knights because they just you know, just kill my grots mm-hmm. and basically his bikes were just jumping on top of the battlements just controlling the buildings uh, just picking basically you know taking them off me and uh, in the end we both contest each other's objective. Um, I control his, he controls mine, because uh, he's got some obsec bikes that I can't really stop very easily. Um, I tried to tank shot them, but he passed the leadership check, I think. And I think he, he I think we, we draw everything apart from he wins the Maelstrom. So I think it was 13-7 to him. Okay, well, so a narrow, narrow defeat for you again. Yeah, if I'd killed the Wraith Knight, I would have probably 20 nil them. Uh, that was the, how big that, that combat was. Mm. And I was so confident because I'd, I'd done it a few times in practice game. And, I, and uh, yeah, even if you fail the fear check, it's not the end of the world because you still got five strength, you know, five weapons to go five, weapons to go one attacks, but you still have rerolls to hit. Um, and then you still got, you know, seven or eight melt bombs, eight weapon skill five, eight weapon skill one, you still might get a couple of hits and maybe one wound. And all I have to do is just hold him and then pass the fear check next turn. 
and the lucky stick guy finishes him off but because he got ran down it was like oh, I was just screwed basically um, and, you know race night in the backfield he just picks on crots for fun I mean it's a bit overkill but yeah there's nothing I can't stop him once he gets that race night running along there's nothing I can really do to him I can't go and send off characters and things because I need them to, to clear off his other stuff and that guy basically just clears all my stuff that's holding it to the back he kills all the grots, all the big guns, all the war bikers and everything. There's just nothing I can do to really stop him. Plus, uh, he's summoning demonettes and things. So, yeah. 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 Oh, well, that's uh, obviously a disappointing end to your day. Yeah, not not the best game, but I, it was a really fun game though. It was good. It was, and I, I'm enjoying playing the orcs because you have a bit of because luck is important. You know, mm. with orcs, you never like. You never certain anything's gonna, you know, nothing's gonna happen, for for sure. So, uh, it's, it's, I'm I'm enjoying playing them. It was just I didn't play very well as well, so that kind of didn't help. If I played a bit better, I probably would have been probably wouldn't have mattered. You got, I you got of, much much practicing with them. Uh, just on Basel, I played three or four games or so with them. So not, so not a great deal. No. I mean, I've also played a very similar list in against Andy and Matt a few times. Um, it's a slightly different variant of the list and uh, so it gives me uh, I was feeling quite confident going into it but like I said just when, you, when you're used to playing armies that are more reliable you have to I should have had like I should have probably put another warlord in that combat so I had two warlords two war bosses sorry charging in just to make sure I, I killed him rather than just relying on the one because uh, you know if I if I had two, I probably would have got at least a couple of hits and probably at least just at least tied the combat, so it wouldn't have mattered too much. Mm. Sometimes you need to, you haven't got reliable stuff, you need to think a bit more redundancy and think about how you're going to cover yourself if it goes wrong and such. Uh, okay, so then to round off day one, uh, Simon, how did your third and final game go? Who okay, were you so facing? Game- um, so game three, I played Max Barton. I think he's a friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. And he Max. had uh, he had wave serpents again. Yeah. So a set, second serpent off in a row from he had he had a bit more like the Forge World wave serpentist. So he had five serpents, one with fire dragons, and then uh, seven hornets across yeah. three squadrons. Yeah, and that was his list then. And so he had uh, uh, an Autark as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the just, just yeah. Yeah. So I. Um, he didn't have the ghost walks, and we had quite a big ruin in the middle. So again, that's quite happy with that. So I set up my stuff, but defensively, it was um, uh, the mission was crusade, I think, with four objectives, and the maelstrom was. Was it one objective each? Oh no, sorry, yeah, yeah, it was. It was emperor's will. Yes. So we had one objective each. And contact and, lost. Yeah, contact lost maelstrom. So that was okay. So. Um, I went first. I managed to do... I've got like a trick with the ghost walks where if there's tall terrain, you can get up on top and suddenly people don't have any cover saves and you've got to force them to chink. So it's quite good against serpents. And uh, the Wraith and I managed to pull that off. And so I I think I killed two serpents and chinked another with the first round. And he, he killed like one back. And then in my second turn, I got the rest of his tanks and the Hawks came in and killed a load of his Dire Avengers. And I started summoning Screamers and it just generally started to go rapidly downhill for Max. Um... I think we called it turn four on 20 nil after he'd lost all the tanks. And I think five Hornets came on and one one was left after some shooting. So, yeah, that was it. I don't mind playing the Serpent off match because, you know, 
I played Mechel probably on and off for about ten years. So okay, you get to, you get to know all the tricks of like you know I can just about see a bit of you through this window with my hole. That's, I love True Line of Sight for that because you yeah. can just be like, oh, I see a tiny bit of you. My serpent shield is going to kill you. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a bit like it's a bit cheeky, but at the same time, like you know, you don't write it. So hey, that's why I think like if you know the sort of the old games workshop ruins of all the little bits of windows and stuff they're uh, they're gold really <laughs> there's always something so yeah that was um, that went quite well the, the, the summoning really took off that game like I started to get some screamers in even though I only got two units before I died he uh, they just flew around just killing dying just killing wave serpents killing hornets they're uh, so annoying to deal with so yeah, I was much happier with the performance then. <laughs> so, it was uh, back on 42 points then, so actually doing quite well. So, yes, after a, after a sad start to the day, you ended definitely on a, on a higher note and looking yeah. forward and uh, positive for, for day two? Yeah, I was. Um, the pairings, there was a small glitch overnight, I think, so I wasn't quite sure how to be playing, but I think we found out it was going to be some Scarab Farm. Okay. So... I'll get into that with we'll find game out. four. We'll get into was, game yeah. four, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, all you guys uh, got to bed early, um, nice and sober, I'm sure as well. Uh, nice and fresh for the next for the next day for day two. That's right. Sounds about right. No. No, didn't think so. I stopped up all night watching Family Guy. Oh, did you? Yeah, got back to the hotel and oh, I turned nice. on the TV. And there's Family Guy on, and I hadn't seen the episodes. And every episode would come on, I hadn't seen. But right, got to go to bed at some point. But this is funny. So yeah, that was a night. <laughs> What'd you get up to, Matt? Uh, I left Frank in bed. He's disappointed, even though Adam finally got his ice cream. Crap! Watched end the match of the day. So it actually was a quiet night. Crikey. Yeah. There's, there wasn't too much on. I know Ramsey didn't get out on the piss, so I won't even bother asking him. Ramsey was exactly the same as me. <laughs> I think he was happier with his ice cream than me and Adam were. So, uh, day two, round four. Um, Matt, you're riding high. Who are you playing? Yeah, so I was playing Mike Porter, who we'd seen as we were going for food the night before. And as we all had a quiet night, he had the complete opposite I think he got in about 40 minutes before he turned up at the venue. <laughs> yeah. So he was. He got there about 10 minutes late, but I knew he was on his way because he'd messaged me, it was fine. So we got there, and he walks in, and he's just like, like, right, Mike, here's a bottle of water. Let's go sit down for five minutes. We're not in any rush. But So he had ten, five, ten minutes, bottle of water, sorted himself out, and was all good. She got him a Bloody Mary. <laughs> Get that Tabasco down him. Uh, I don't so, think there's anyone there called Mary. <laughs> what um, <laughs> was he? Uh, what was he running? He had apart from to the toilet. Often. Gorgon's Chain Chapter Master. Okay. Harvest. A Master of the Forge so on a bike. Rakan. Yep. Uh, unit five bikes. Just yeah. Five so scouts. Guns. What guns he got? Bolters. No upgrades, nothing. No uh, I think they were there just as wounds for the chapter master and okay. after the forge. He had five scouts and five scouts in a storm. Then two Sicarians, 
and a relic whirlwind. Then he had a summon, sir, three bikes, two hornets, and a wraith knight. All just the to toys. round it off, yeah? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, what's the mission? The mission was four objectives, and it was the wish we could steal each other's objectives. Okay, that's probably good for you, maybe? Mm. It was a little bit here or there, but this was the one game where I did get another night with a free up in one, which was nice. Hurrah. Uh, my turn one. Oh, uh, before the game, I said to him, as he won the roll to go for, to deploy first, just, you know, being a gentleman, uh, I'm going to seize on you. Because if anyone remembers the uh, team event, I'd said it joking to him then with my grab bikes against a similar kind of army he was using uh, scouted forwards and seized so this time there was no scouting forwards and I said it more in jest we were both laughing about it uh, but then I did seize so I managed to kill his farser who was hit dice checked by the uh, officials I think this was a uh, flame on dice so part of the officials <laughs> anyway <laughs> Or it might have been a botch. It was something to do with that old flame on group. Uh, so I, kill, I killed his farser, and that was about it. I think he did three hull points spread across a couple of nights, just because of where he could see and what was in range. Cause I kind of set up in one corner as he was spread out. Uh, I then killed one of his Sakarians, turn two, because I charged it, pinned it in a corner. His bikes countercharged killed half a night so my other night bailed him out yeah uh, then one got across killed a Sakarian, killed a whirlwind because he was slowly running away but I think he immobilised the Sakarian. <laughs> couldn't couldn't quite get away and then the serpents came on killed his hornets because I had initially reserved them going second and in the end I think he had the wraith knight left uh, stood next to 10 Die Avengers on an objective and I had everything else covered so it was another 20 nil for me hmm. good stuff good stuff so uh, you're challenging yep that put me on 80 points after the first four games um, we'll find out how you did a little bit later on um, Adam yeah. Did you uh, enough I, rest after your family guy marathon? No, I was knackered. Oh, right. But it it was good. Kept Who was your going, going over the episodes in my head. <laughs> How did well, you kick off your, your second day? Uh, well, I was on table three, so pretty decent position. And I'm playing Rob Sims, okay. who's got a similar list to Eric. He's got three wave serpents, summoning seer, two wraith knights, and three units of two hornets. Mm. And table got a lot of terrain, but very little line of sight blocker. Okay. I've got I've got bastion on my side in the corner, but it it's not really blocking much the way it's positioned. And Rob's 
uh, won the role to go first. So I'm looking at it thinking, uh, yeah, thinking, yeah, well, so I could be in trouble there. So I had a moment of tactical genius and I reserved everything and just set up the rifles with Hurricane and Destroy Lord. And um, first turn, he still managed to get everything in his army to shoot me, even though I was trying to hide behind the bastion. And over two turns, he managed to sort of kill all the rifles and just left. Um, I was going to destroy it. And I've rolled my reserves. The Doomsday Arcs haven't come on. And I've dropped uh, three units of destroyers down, which I was deep striking. I thought, try it out since I can deep strike. And I did very little, to be honest. Um, I made some serpents jink. The heavy, sorry, the heavy destroyers landed, and I had three shots at his far so yeah. Hit with two, and he passed two cover saves. And uh, so I had some warriors that the immortals come on. So I joined the destroyer lord and I can to the immortals, and I just haven't got enough on to to do much damage. And he shot back at me, and he's done very little to me. Shot at the destroyers. And then we're looking at it thinking, I should have set everything up because he just hasn't done much damage. I should should just took it on the chin, took first turn on the chin, and then I still would have had shots left to make him jink and stop his damage coming at me. But reserving it, basically, just didn't do anything at all. No. And then I I had, the next turn, I had the bit... Big mistake, come on. Bear in mind, this is my fourth game with Necrons. The Doomsday Arcs both come on, and I found out that they're too big to fit on the board properly. Oh. Yeah, so I've had to go flat out with them just to get them on the board. Mm. Yes, yeah, so that wasn't very clever. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is, this is basically your learning... Uh... Yeah, this is the inexperience with them coming out. And yeah, this is the big learning matchup. And um, yeah, so he, he's basically, over the course of five turns, he's killed all my destroyers just about. Very just. They were really hard to kill. And I'm holding on to one objective with Immortals, with Destroyer Lord and Arkham. And I've got Immortals on another objective, which is right in the far corner. And he's basically took his time dealing with them. He had uh, his Wraith Knight the previous term was shooting at the Doomsday Arc instead of going after him. So he his fifth, ter- fifth turn, he's realised he's got to go after him, so he's, he's gone into combat. And I, I didn't think that was going to be enough to kill him. Leadership 10. He's, he's got a hit with everything, really. I mean, I think I managed to make a six-up reanimation. He killed two, and I passed one of the reanimation on them. So they're stopping locked in combat with an objective secure uh, ability. So I've got that objective. And he's put an empty wave serpent on another objective in the middle. And I'm thinking this is a big mistake here. You took your eye, your eye off the game. You've concentrated on killing stuff. And if I kill that wave serpent and the game ends, I've won the mission, basically. Uh, I was losing on Maelstrom because of being off the board again. <laughs> I'm not scoring, am I? 
and I've shot a Doomsday Ark and Heavy de- Destroyer I had left at the Wave 7 and he's passed all his cover saves the jammy bug <laughs> how many? yeah uh, two cover saves but oh. the Doomsday Ark is obviously AP1 so that was the one yeah and the game did end so if I managed to blow it up I would have pulled off uh, a draw uh, sorry, a win on a primary but I ended up drawing the primary and getting five points considering how bad I played the game five points was quite a good result to be honest fair enough fair enough um, Mr Ramsey where are you so I don't know I'm like mid table um, and I, pl- I get playing Eric Hurth as I done played in the last round Serpents and Hornets um, and I just think this game when I get I get to the table I think oh, I'm just going to be really aggressive I'm just going to I'm just going to charge the fuck out of this army and just basically just do what Orcs do and just basically beat the crap out of things because uh, I can't really beat him on objectives and I can't beat him on Maelstrom very easily because he's got all these scoring obsec serpents so I need to basically just charge and destroy these serpents so uh, yeah that's what I do turn one and move up uh, do some stuff and turn two I just basically fuck his whole army I charge <laughs> I kill on turn two I, th- I think he, I think he uh. underestimated how powerful like how much shooting the, the bites could take because um, I deployed everything on the table I, deployed, I, I didn't reserve anything because I thought if I throw everything in his face he'll probably try and get like a cheeky first strike by shooting like the death copter or some bikes or something and the thing is they're uh, if he shoots one of them with like say some hornets or a wave serpent he's gonna lose like shots on my bikes and yeah he does that he kills the death copter with some hornets but he, he has to fire a whole you know three hornets into it uh, which obviously is, uh, would have been a couple of bikes dead instead so I'm okay with that and Zad, so Zadsnack rams a wave serpent Tank Busters and Lucky Stick Guy killed Wraith Knight, as he should in the last game. Um, I multi-assault the rest of his Serpents and kill all the other Serpents. Tank Busters kill, some, I think, some Hornets or something. They basically just completely destroy his army. Uh, he's got, like, three Hornets left and some Dire Avengers. Um, but he's been, he summon, he's been basically summoning... I, mean, I, I kill all this stuff, but he's got this stupid summon series summoning ten Demonettes every fucking turn and so by the time he gets to turn 4 all he's got left is 40 demonettes and summons here but these demonettes are really annoying to kill because obviously he has done some damage to some my, my stuff and so I haven't got as many bikes left as I, as I did at the start and because my characters have had to split off to kill stuff um, his demonettes are whittling down my bikes he's killed a couple of grot units with them and so it actually becomes a bit of a worry that this guy is going to keep summoning for seven turns. He summons some horrors, he sacrifices, he's got some heralds. And in the end, I'm basically fighting a bloody demon army, not, not an elder army anymore. He's got more, he's, he's, got, he's got about 700 points, 800 points of demons on the table now. And, you know, it's like a bit of a snowball where they just get more and more of them every turn. And I've got no second defense. I can't, I can't stop them. And so I'm having to throw like, a lone war boss into try and kill tech 10 horrors and it takes a long time it's not something you can you just you just can't just wipe them out instantly 
uh, unless you're already luckily. And in the end, my war bike unit is fighting like 20 minutes, and he rolls a freaking double one on one of his units. No. So he gets the whole lot fucking back, no. and I killed like I killed like seven or eight of them on that turn, and he gets them all back. And then, of course, that's a massive swing. So in the end, he kills the unit of war bikes. But I've still got all my characters. It's just like the war bike, and I think I think I lost one of the war, one of the fearless war bosses, something like that. I think I lost. But uh, in the end. I managed to just pip him on objectives because Sad Snark had his usual shit of turboing and contesting. And he basically just can't. I've got too many characters all over the place. And so I managed to, to control one more objective than him, even though he's got all these demonettes running around the table, basically. Like, I, can't, I can't actually stop anymore. Um, he, I win the Maelstrom because I've had, I think I won by one point actually in the end of the Maelstrom, which was lucky. Uh, but he has first strike, so he I win sixteen four on that one. Yeah, fuck Simon says they're annoying. It's right though because they're comped, so it's okay. James can't talk. He took one at Cali. That's why he won. Yeah, but I didn't summon anything with mine. Mine was shit. That was the only reason you won, not the pylons. It was the summon. You so. had one. That was enough. I'm telling you I now, know. relic whirlwind Scorpius battle of Kalik screws someone says they just in the disappear air. well I hit, I hit one with a tractor cannon and it fucking passed its chink save that was the <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I was like finally it's going to do something and then the fucker passed it so I was like oh but uh, yeah just demonettes are really good against orcs especially when they, they all make... come back as well that, that makes yeah when they all come back that's annoying <laughs> but just the fear checks like it makes oh, okay. even like characters like really worried to fight them uh, and because you've got no invulnerable saves at all in combat, every six is like a dead model, and it's not fun to fight many minutes. It just killed me. Unlucky. Personal one, but it was just yeah. I, I, he had freely admitted it was. I'd tabled him by turn three if he had no summons there. He would have been completely wiped out on turn yeah. three. But this stupid guy flying around, which I couldn't really kill, just basically brought a whole demon army on the team. I mean, the, you say it doesn't really make any difference, but the, the 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 cap on summoning, I do think, definitely makes a difference because you you just end up reaching a point where they're self-sustaining as well and uh, the Farseer can just go off and do anything else do other things yeah he's all those other in the end he's got. in the end he was actually bolting he was just using his little that little beam attack on me instead yeah. of summon because he actually the horrors were now starting to summon and yeah, the herald exactly. started to summon exactly. them. Oh, they don't God. need to um, <clears throat> you reach a sort of a critical mass and then the the exponential growth kicks in and you are literally fighting two armies so um, and yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's a discussion for another day. But uh, yeah, I don't like the uh, I don't like the the the, the summoning stone. I, I think that needs to be looked at. To be honest with you, I don't think that's working. I agree. In think, all the games I've played, okay. like... you see, you see in anything else like in Magic, for example, whatever. Like if something gets taken in every single list, like they ban it. Um, and I'm not saying ban it, but like it's clearly in no way being used in the way that it's intended to be being used. Like it's literally yeah. only there to let you get off summoning on two warp charges and not need shit tons of dice for it to guarantee. Um, yeah. <coughs> so I, I think it definitely needs looking at. 
whether whether people do look at it or not, you know, is, is another matter entirely. Um, there's yeah, so in all much the, efficiency in the Eldar. But yeah, sorry, go. I was going to say, in all the I played three games against fucking Somerset, and every game it was just like, oh, it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> so many points. So many points of models. It's like not even... And the thing is, those models are not even like... They're not killing a lot. They're just... You just got you just got to kill them, and that's like more stuff of your They're stuff. They're not hard like to dying. kill at all, and they you know they probably won't kill a lot, but like you can't leave them alone because yeah, if they get into if they are just allowed to do what they want, then they will yeah, it's, it's it. yeah. I mean, I had ten demonettes running across my backfield again. You can imagine grots and mech, big guns and shit. They're not they're not really. Uh, particularly excited to fight demonettes. Demonettes just they look at ten grots. It was like I think ten grots. I think he charged ten units into my ten grots. I think he killed twenty. I think he killed he double. He killed the unit twice over with like ten demonettes. It was like, and the grots can't do anything for demonettes. Like even even with like your pistols and standing in cover, you just yeah, you got no chance. And then even if like there's three or four of them left, that's still a fucking pain because. Again, three big three big guns are not going to stop three or four demonettes. They're going to still get there, and they're still going to kill those six little grot crewmen that are running around. And uh, you can't just leave them alone. And then, you know, even worse if you end up with like Matt. He's probably going to say in a minute we have like one horror left. Yeah, I was just about to, to say. Like, <laughs> Fucking army! You, you throw or you get one herald who just summons a bloody portal. <laughs> it's another guy. <laughs> uh, oh, so annoying. But yeah, if you like, oh, it's okay. There's only one left. It's one horror. Oh wait, that one horror is the same as ten. Is he just yeah. going to make another unit of ten? <laughs> well, he's going to turn to a fucking yeah, Lord exactly. of Change. Exactly. I was just about to say that. Oh no, I've only got half. Oh, yes. Oh, well, the heralds, the heralds that do that are so annoying as well. Yeah. I I think sacrifice needs to be two warp charge. Who the fuck thought? Yeah, be one I think warp it needs charge. to be three. <laughs> yeah. It is powerful. It's actually better in a way. Sometimes it's better than the summoning because you only because you get like it's such a smaller like footprint to summon. You can just get the one guy down. A level two herald is really good. <laughs> it's really easy to hide, and you get you can get a fucking disc on that guy as well. It's just insane. You get this, this guy just joins into the Screamer Star and you suddenly got five or six heralds in that blue Screamer Star now. You're like, oh my god. Even more flickering fires and bolts and all sorts of shit flying around. Oh, it's, and it's them heralds, you don't mind putting all the dice in to, to cast flickering fire because if I die, it don't matter. You summon another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fucking annoying. It's like when you play somebody and they get like, like a demon player and they get like three or four sacrifices. You just know it's going to be a, a really difficult game because <laughs> they're just going to summon so many models. It's going to keep going uh, and going and going. I love the fact that you get three or four. You just throw one dice at each. Yeah, one dice. You get a couple. You don't care about losing a couple of dice. Yeah, and you can't peril, so you don't really care if you if you peril. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's annoying. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, Simon, so who did you end up playing for your game four? Okay, so I played um, Greg Mountford. I think was his name. Uh, I think um, I he had this. He had yeah, Greg Mountford got the results sheets. So he had Necrons and Canoptic Harvest. So the so he had basically ten Tomb Spiders and one unit of Scarabs with a couple of characters attached. So they just summon loads and loads of Scarabs, and uh, then swarm your army and you die. I think is his game plan. 
and he had like a fortification network, so he had a bastion and an Aegis to hide them all behind. So he, so um, I set up first. I won the roll off, and I just sort of spread my stuff, you know, split up a bit. Just hope he couldn't charge all at once. And he, uh, so I had the two barrage weapons, so he spread all his scarabs in like a line behind his Aegis and a bastion and some walls and stuff. So uh, I was not really looking forward to getting scarabed. But I was able to pull off the same trick again, where you jump up on the ruins. Yeah. So one, one Wraith Knight, he jumped a ruin that was like nine inches tall, and he's nine inches tall. So by the time he could shoot, he could see a scarab over the top. A wave up on the other side could see two, and I was able to barrage two. So I actually managed to kill all the scarabs, turn one, before they could do anything. Good man. So uh, that's Greg was... What, that's mean. Mean <laughs> yeah. and horrible. Yeah, it was quite mean. Like, Greg was quite disappointed on that. Like, he was like, oh, but... It made it a game because if I hadn't got them all, he'd have just like murdered me. So, uh, so yeah, I was I was quite pleased with that. Like, you know, when you're sort of in the middle of doing like a really clutch play and your hands are starting to like go, and you're like, if this comes off, this is going to be amazing. But if it doesn't, <laughs> I've just lost because <laughs> I've committed everything to going for this like of screen with Die Avengers. So uh, when that came off, then I was like, how do I kill all these tomb spiders? And I couldn't in the end. So like, because they just pushed up the board and there's ruins and rubble everywhere. So. And he's got the two units of wraiths. So all the characters went in one of them from the formation. So they had the reanimation. So uh, I was able to stall them for a bit with the wraith knight. Because I uh, I was quite pleased. I managed to put the wraith knight into melee at the same time as the squad of Dire Avengers charged. So all the wraiths had to pile into the Avengers. And the destroyer lord did as well. So they couldn't do any damage to the wraith knight. At least for a round. So that was quite good. Um... But other than that, we uh, we got to turn five, and I managed to get a load of serpents all over the primary because we were playing um, crusade with four objectives, and I was okay. able to hold one with Obsec on my side. He had one covered in tomb spiders on his side. I put an Obsec serpent with some guys in onto one, and then I just bombed the middle one with like a serpent and a night spinner and some summon seekers, so he couldn't clear everything off. And then in his turn, he couldn't he couldn't do enough to win then, so I ended up. But he did he did win the maelstrom because he had the spiders. I couldn't push forward enough to get all the stuff, and he stole a couple of my objectives. So because we were playing um, the one where you get to seize the spoils them. of war. Spoils of war. That's the one where you get to steal each other's cards. So, so in the you, end, he you, won the maelstrom. You can score other people's tactical objectives. Basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. The the the, so, the, the hold ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the numbered ones. Yeah. So he he was able to get line break, and I didn't because my hawks died, which was not very good. Um. So we, but I got first strike, and he didn't. So we drew the tertiary. So I won twelve eight. So I was quite happy with that to go into scarab farm, and still pull out a narrow win. That was quite good. I thought that was like, it was really lucky. And he said afterwards he should have just put the scarabs against his board edge with the Aegis in front and the Bastion so I couldn't see any. Or even and, reserved them. Yeah, or reserved them just so, even though he's not charging until turn four then, he will just win on turn four. So. Well, maybe turn three. <laughs> yeah, true. It depends how many he wants, I suppose. Because if like, you get his spiders mid-board, he can get into your deployment yeah. zone on turn two still. Yeah, true. But it's like, on, it depends on how many scarabs you want, I suppose. Because I think he probably needs 25 or 35 to kill kill all my tanks but anyway so so that was that was a good game in the end and Greg again like even though he had a bit of a mistake at the start of the game he took it well and we, we still had a, a nice game so that was good yeah it wasn't like the end of the game as well still yeah yeah like 
if if they hadn't died, it would have been over pretty fast. So in the end, we were able to have like quite a close, quite a close one. Got, got to do that. You got to have those games anyway, you know, so you don't look yeah. to do it again. So definitely, you definitely. Only, and he only said, that "Learn by your own mistakes." So. He said, "If we play again, he'll uh, definitely be up against the wall, and uh, that'll be that." So, <laughs> so that was my game four, twelve eight. So I was looking for a reasonable finish in game five. So I was out of the running for sort of serious placing, but um, I could still could still do reasonably well if I had a big finish. So well, maybe not a podium, but yeah, you can still yeah. still get you know yeah exactly top eight, definitely top ten. So that takes us into the last round, um, and it's kind of open still. Um, is it? Was there anyone that's got four wins? Me. Yeah. Just me. So that's yours to play for. Yeah, I think I was twelve points at clear at the top of the twelve thought. points clear at the top. But you can't cock it up, can you? No, I mean, like what you know, what sort well, of, what sort of player using adamantium lance would be twelve points clear going into the last game and manage to? What's the term? You, you probably have to call that punting. It's punting doing a Jesse. I, I did a Jesse. You did a Jesse. What did you do? Talk us through it. Sit down, uh, have a mug of cocoa. Tell us all about it. So, I won the roll for sides. So, I got the ended up putting. Who are you playing, and what are you playing, and what is your father, and what does he do? That was my next line. I ended up playing Josh Roberts, uh, ex GT champion. Yeah. Uh, Sherminator. Yes, Sherminator himself. Uh, putting him in a corner. And Jar Jar. So he had seven hornets and three hive tyrants with a summon tear and some bikes. So he was really struggling to hide anything. So just sets a venom probe up behind a little rock, which I could see if I moved a serpent to one side, but he could set up so I'd only be able to see him one side or the other. Hope he survives. And then three flyerants nice and bunched up behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my plan in this is right, I'm going first. I've got the side. He's having to reserve most of his army. If I can win Maelstrom, I'll win the event. Or if I can get up on that and just main most of the big objectives were mid-board. So my plan was get into mid-board, get a lead on Maelstrom early on. Because it was the mission where you start with six and work your way down. Okay. So with him having nothing on the board, turn one. You should be able to and get then, a lead. Yeah, and then coming on, Hopefully piecemeal, he should get all his units, should have a couple off turn two. Uh, I should be able to build up a lead there and hold on to it. As well as being where all the objectives are, making him have to fight for him. Uh, and then he seized. Yeah. Which wasn't so good. Uh, just managed to kill one of my wave serpents. I think two of the flamers were just in range. And then I died. I failed one two up jink. Off on the I think the second hive tyrant so which meant he had a third spare oh, he also had two catalysts on his hive tyrant and all three had warp blast which was annoying because he was just flying around warp blasting knights every yeah. turn uh, then all of his hornets came on turn two after I did a grand total of nothing because he was up in the air by now uh, and then he killed a knight which scattered onto another night and did three hull points to that one. Yeah. And then that one died to the next unit of Hornets. So this is only, I think, the 
second unit. Uh, that one died, blew up and scattered 10 or 11 inches, I think it was. Hit a wave serpent. Uh, so it does a penetrating hit. She then rolled a five or a six. So it blew the wave serpent up. Uh, it blew the tyrant up in the process, which was nice. But I'm now sat there with a knight, two single dire avengers after his other two hive tyrants shot, uh, a unit of horrors, and a f- I think that was it. So you won. That was turn two. So do you think that matchup is winnable for you going second in any realm of reality? It's a very bad matchup. Because the Hornets and the Hive Tyrants are basically a big, big counter pick for Adlons. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much because once they're up in the air flying, they can, with the flamers and the shots, should do one or two hull points each a turn. Yeah. Uh, and I can't really touch them back unless I've got my Wave Serpents, which they, <coughs> against any the decent player, should not survive a turn. Yeah. Uh, and then seven Hornets is, I think, 28 strength, 88 P2 shots. Yeah. With enough speed to get whatever arc they want to. So they just pick her off knights, run around them, and be a general pain in the ass. It did end up going all the way to turn five. Mm-hmm. I think Josh made one mistake, which was rather than shooting uh, a herald I summoned with, who had a port glyph, he tried to kill enough a few more horrors just to stop them sitting on that objective they were on which then when the portal glyph came down the next turn oh this was after I saved a save from a Euclid Spore which he was hoping would kill it so my portal glyph goes down some horrors get out those horrors then summon some play drones putting me on three objectives which was my maelstrom card for that turn which was we had a good laugh at the beginning of the turn about how I couldn't achieve it and they going actually I can if this works which it did perfectly which is funny uh, the next turn I got another unit of horrors out of the portglyph and another unit of play drones so he sat there at the end of the game going I cannot kill this army this is so annoying <laughs> as yeah, we've just been talking actually, about you, you actually had a demon army didn't you at the end yeah I had six play drones three units of horrors left at the end of the game but unfortunately uh, that ended up being just enough of a loss that Josh managed to jump over me and congratulations to him he ended up winning the GT for a second year in a row hmm. which lumped me down into second place it's almost like that his army reminds you of like guerrilla warfare against your army you're yeah. like the uh, Americans trying to smash everything in the way they got these little <laughs> things that are just you can't catch. That just basically, yeah, they're not. They don't do a lot of damage, but when they're all over the place, they're really. Oh, they, I think they did enough damage. Well, like one unit of hornets you can deal with, but when there's yeah. three units them running around and three flyers, you just can't. You haven't got shields to, against all the arcs, and you just basically just get fucked in the end. Especially when your knights blowing up. And, ISIS RPGs, which they're shooting at tanks to uh, bazookas. <laughs> yeah. 
The Hornets, if they want, can even wait for you to clear your shield, turbo, and then snap fire in a, a facing without the shield, and they've got enough shots to do some damage that way as well. Well, they've generally yeah. got enough of them to be able to gang up on you anyway, regardless of what side you put them on. So. Yeah. You can do all sorts of tricks you think with, their, with their, the way their guns are as well. What they're, all like, they're both, you know, different. they're quite spread out because the bomb's oh, okay. quite big, so you can so hit. sort of be across. Have, mm. Yeah, you can have one side, one in front, and you can have where squads can stack. You can have, you know, three in the side, three in the front, and, yeah, it's really six shots in the side out with no vulnerable is going to really sting. You can at least put a couple of hole points on you. Yeah, they're they're really nasty for the points. And if they're all a six on the table, it's not a more points done, more damage done to you. It's bad, bad news. Unlucky, Matt. Well, not unlucky. Just uh, well, I try. Let's ha- try harder. Yeah, I guess it was unlucky though. To be fair, got uh, seized on against a, a, a not fun matchup. Oh. It was a bad matchup anyway. I was just trying, going to try and hold on, get the points I needed in the end. Didn't quite work out. Yeah. It happens, it happens. Stuff happens. Got to accept it. Um, yeah, definitely well played to Josh, though. Um, came through. Um, so let's uh, let's see how both the rest of us got on. Mr. Ryland, where are you? Right. Where are you going into the last round? Uh, I'm not sure. After the, the bad result against... Uh, Rob, the previous game, I've dropped quite a bit. Um, if I won this game, I could still finish. Top um, off. Uh, well, I worked out. I ended up at the end of the game. We drew the game. Okay. And I was basically winning the game and winning the game until the very last turn where Alex stole five points. Well, not stole, but I had a, a bad last turn and he knocked five points off me and if that five so points so he could have finished top top eight at least I would I would have been six with the five mm. points because mm. it was quite close but I mean he was playing Tau with lots of Tau with <coughs> more Tau but it was just um, lots, lots so of so he's shots. running Tau Empire with the nonsense support cadre yeah, yeah. so he, he's got oh, lots of broadsides with yeah. drones two sky rays uh, buff commander with crisis missiles and marker drone. Yeah, he had the Forge World Tetra crews. Um, I think I'm missing something, but lots and lots of shots. And mm. um, on this one, I've set up in the, the very far corner and sort of hiding, trying to get well, not hiding, it's open, but trying to get out the range of these. Uh, broadsides and that um, it was going to be difficult because the Tetra could scout and he's got uh, the drones in his commander unit which can just gain range of some units he can move the broadsides forward and uh, buff up their snap firing so I decided to seize seize instead so that, that was quite nice uh, he, he wasn't too chuffed about that so it was a good look <laughs> on his face and uh, basically he found out how difficult that Necron army is to kill the, I was picking at stuff with the Doomsday Arcs making stuff go to ground the um, destroyers were uh, moving forward shooting and then jumping back with the assault move and the 
Delors and Oricon with the race was slowly advancing. And over the course of five, well, four turns, he was getting very annoyed shooting at the Destroyer Lord. And I kept making because I've got a two up followed by a four up, followed by a four up. And if I, I use the orb, I've got a four up after that as well. And it, it was just getting very frustrated because he couldn't kill the unit. It, it's uh, it, it's quite a good test, but the unit's very slow having to keep the destroy lord at the front. And I'll to start off as well, because we draw six Maelstrom cards, I've draw, drawn my six out, and basically that's me losing Maelstrom because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have got any of them till quite late in the game. Um, Alex drew his six and he had get objectives which would buy him and that. So basically I lost Maelstrom just from drawing six cards, mm. which is a bit unfair with that, but that's how that goes. And anyway, it got to the last turn. I managed to gain combat with some crew on one of his objectives because it was scouring. He had one point extra on his side. Okay. So I had to get into uh, his side of the board to uh, to win the game. So I've killed the crew and I'm sitting on his objective. So I've won the game. I've won tertiary. He's won Maelstrom from the start. And come to his final turn, he's, like, he's almost given up he's like, there's no point shooting that unit because destroy lord's left on one wound but he's just been tanking for the whole game and he says oh, there's no point and he said oh sod it i'll do it anyway and the first shot from sms from sky ray <laughs> failed my two up failed my four up failed my four up and he killed the destroy lord like, oh, <laughs> so then what was left could kill enough rafes with uh, rafes which were on the objective and he jumped jumped the um Oh, yeah, he had two Riptides, sorry, that's what I forgot. And he jumped the Riptides on the objective then to claim that, so it was end- ended up in 11-9. So I dropped five points in the last turn. Oh, Where, if the comp, it's not if the going comp very well. In, uh, if the comp weren't in, the Destroy Lord never would have died. Don't blame but the comp. I'm blaming it. I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> if the comp but, weren't in, you'd probably be playing Demons anyway, so... Yeah, true. No, I was always going to take Necrons. I needed to change. I was talking to Paul Burke about it as well because he's been using Demons a lot, uh, getting ready for the Six Nations and ETSO. And it's so tiring. And I've I've been fine. I've been going to the last game of tournaments, doing very well, playing to win the tournaments or place. And I'm just messing up the last game because I'm so tired. And Paul was saying the same. He's finding it very tiring to use demons there's so much to keep track of yeah. you've, got to, you've got to write an essay before you start a game so it, it was just a nice change not having to do any of that good I'm really glad you enjoyed it so you're going to be obviously sticking with them for a while I guess uh, I'm going to swap a bit I'm not going to give give up demons because I like demons but I'm going to use Necrons just to give myself a break every now and again. Yeah, okay, so like an alt to something to, to keep it fun and refreshing. Yeah. Good, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Mr. Ramsey. Yeah, uh, I had to play, I played um, Nick Council. He had Blood Indoors and Space Marines. Um, he'd use a very similar list in Caledonia, he did quite well with it. It was, um, it's really. 
as many Space Marine characters you can fit into Blade Death Star as possible. So, off of my head, it was White Scars and Blood Angels, I think. Yeah, he's like got Blood Angels as primary. Okay, Blood Angels as primary and White Scars. Yeah, cause he's got a, he's got a, a priest. He had Mephiston. He had okay. Dante. He had some some tactical marines that basically just stood at the back. Um, he had some he had some command squad to drop pot with their uh, sorry jump packs with melted guns and things. Um, he had then on his white scars he had a chapter master, some bikes. And some Turians, and he had a drop pod and some scout bikes, and basically all he did was Stuck his whole stra- scout bikes. Yeah, yeah. He put he put he put his chapters and scout bikes, and all this stuff comes down by drop pod, and it all joins into one big old humongous Death Star. Dante, chapter master, Mephiston, priest, and Centurions, hmm. and it just walks around shooting things while the rest of the stuff kind of avoids scores. Well. I got first turn, so I thought, well, I'm going to scout. I, I thought, and I thought, it's a, I kind of scout in the middle of the board, and I'll see where he goes. I thought he might try and block me off with his scout bikes, but he doesn't. And I thought, well, that's kind of risky because he's left his chapter master with some scout bikes in range of my bike Death Star on turn mm-hmm. one. And I thought, that's 60 strength five shots. I was gonna, I'm going to do some damage here. I might even kill the chapter master if I get lucky on turn one. Mm. Uh, but he seizes, which is a bit annoying. And he deep, deep strikes in. And he he does some, he shoots me with the uh, Centurions. He's got like ignore cover and such a Mephiston, but I got the four plus um, custom force field. Yeah, and, and things doesn't really do any damage. Um, I can't charge though, which is annoying on turn one because now I'm kind of I've, yeah. I've scouted. Because you scouted. Yeah, so I think even though you're second, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So do, I was thinking, do I shoot him or do I turbo boost, um, like to get an extra, to get basically away from him? And I thought, you know what, fuck it. I don't, I don't think his Death Star actually can hurt my Death Star. I actually think my Death Star is better than his. So I um, shoot unit of five bikes that I think I can get for first strike. Yeah. I think I think I wipe them out. So shoot them the tank buses and all sorts of shit. Anyway, the whole thing basically comes down to him charging. His big old fucking Death Star into my big Death Star. We're going to have a big old Death Star big fight. Big punch up in the middle. Lovely. That's what you yeah. last one. Game five. Just throw dice at each other. Good stuff. How did it yeah. go? And he's got all... And he's got this big old fucking... And I'm actually thinking, okay, it's actually... Dante's pretty nasty. The fist on's pretty nasty and all this shit. It's all pretty good. But at the end of the day, I've just got so many strength 10 and 9 and 8 attacks. <laughs> And I've got all these ablative wounds, like these, yeah. these basically these all bikes just being thrown in the, under the bus, like lucky sticks looking out, sir, all right, left, right, and center. And I'm just basically plowing into him. And because I'm with the luck, with the plus one weapon skill, yeah, all my war bosses are like weapon skill six, so they're all hitting on. Even though his priest and he's way well, he's engineered it, his priest is giving everyone weapon skill five and six and seven yeah. and all this. I don't, oh, so many fucking rules and things in that in that unit, but. Basically, I just have far too many attacks at strength 10, and I just rape the fuck out of his Death Star. And I come out with, like, all my characters alive and about five or six bikes, and he has some tactical wings left and some sanctuary, some command squads, sorry, like some of those Blood Angel command squads. Yeah. And they are not going to stop five no. five guys, five war bosses, basically, and I just, yeah, just table him in the end. I think turn three or turn four, he concedes because he knows he's, it's, there's no point. Yeah, right, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's about a, it's about a half hour game, which is quite fun actually because it, it meant I could watch other people play. Um, I think he was he was just a little bit disappointed. I think because he'd done really well at Cali, so I think he was he was disappointed that his list hadn't done so think, well. I don't think that Death Star is survivable enough against the other things that you yeah. can get for the comparable points. I mean, he said it was like survivable, and I said, yeah, well, maybe against like some shooting, but it's you know you really. I think what what hurt him was he has like apart from his chapter master if he doesn't roll very well he hasn't got a lot of other tanks like Dante's an okay tank but he's not that good um, I'm just trying to think what this, he's going to do against um, against knights in combat like obviously you've got Mephisto on striking at strength 10 and that's you know that's good it's definitely good um, yeah I don't know I, I, I don't, but he's I not AP2 but anyway um so yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. That's, that's why I said I just put my. I just. I thought I could probably take it, and and you were right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if I had charged him, it would have been. I would. Have, I would have probably killed him in one round of combat. Actually, all my war bikes. I'd have had about fifty attacks with the war bikes and the shooting as well. And the shooting with him as well. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he would have had much of a chance um, if I'd gone first, but. I think that's the problem if you have all these Death Stars. You, you need to have, like, the priests with the re-rolling save or something to have, give you any sort of chance. I um, like... I, I do like the um, the one that Mike runs because you've got enough yeah, the tough ablative good. wounds there um, with the power field in there and it hits... It, it hits... It probably... That probably hits harder than you do as well. Um, well, we, we were actually... We were laughing at this because my Death Star is like a ghetto version of his Death Star. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Aldi version of it. It's <laughs> like it's not. It's almost as it's like cheaper and it's like not. It's a bit more crude. Not. Mm. It's not necessarily worse, but it's just doesn't quite. It's not quite as reliable. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In a straight fight, it depends on the good thing that my the Orc Death Star has over the wolves that's really good is you have a lot of shooting to clear away the dogs really quickly I really like the shooting on the bikes as well yeah definitely. it's fucking awesome that's probably the best thing I mean yeah the strength 10 attacks I think is amazing but the shooting was like really good um, I was really impressed especially against things like flyers uh, like flying creatures I'm yeah just, it's like, been linked as well so it's all good um, yeah I was like don't make any much difference to you guys so yeah, I was just drinking about and like, oh, here's, you know, here's like three or four wounds and you're flying and that's like a couple of wounds. If you fail a grounding check, you're going to get hit by a million, and, you know, power claw attacks. You're going to die. So GG's you better fit, exactly. you better pass that grounding check. Um, yeah, so, it, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, yeah, good definitely list. looks I'm like a fun list. Definitely looks like a fun list. So, yeah. Cool. Where did you end up finishing? Top 10, I think. Um, I think ninth, something like that. Yeah, good ninth, stuff. Tenth. Good stuff. Seventh. Joint seventh. Joint seventh. That's right. All all of you guys are one hundred and six. Okay, so our last game is Simon, um, and obviously you're fighting for you know, top top something finish, like a, a respectable finish placing. Um, obviously, you've got to be happy with your performance because you said you've taken a, a little while out from the competitive scene, but uh, after a shaky start, you've come through with uh, three wins in a row. So looking to make it four. Who did you end up playing in um, your fifth and final game? I had Mike Porter with Iron Hands and Forge World with some Summon and Eldar. I think he was Matt's opponent in his fourth game. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so the last sort of really competitive thing I did was the GT Heat in September, so it was good good to sort of, yeah, even though a bit of a poor start to 
bounce back a little bit. So Mike's list, it, initially I thought it was going to be another pretty tough game because he had uh, two of the Sakaran battle tanks, the ones that ignore Jink and kill wave serpents. <laughs> yeah. And then he had, he had a relic whirlwind with the legacy of Kilek with the barrage that ignores, kills serpents. Yeah, and kills summoning seers as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he had a summoning seer, a wraith knight, and a squad of troop bikes with a chapter master. Okay. And that, that was about it then, and I think. And two hornets. So, oh, and two hornets, yeah, that's Because right. why not? Okay. Yeah, because if you go in Forge World, you may as well go Forge World. Oh, he had a Master of the Forge in his Marines, so he could take yeah, all the relics. He needed that, yeah, because he needed yeah. that to unlock the yeah. uh, the multiple Sakaras yeah. and the Scorpions. So uh, he, he won the roll-off for going first. We were playing Vanguard Strike, and the last mission was... Um, oh, it was the Scouring? And the secondary was the one where you start with loads and you end up with not very many. Um, I can't remember what it's called. So you, the turn one, oh, you, you start six, with six and then you yeah, top yeah. back up to five and then you top back yeah, up to four. four and yeah, then, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so that was okay. So um, I got the infiltrate, wall of trait, so I outflanked um, a wraith knight and two wave serpents. And both my units are hogs running reserve because I was paranoid about his whirlwind. Mm. So I just deployed my fire seer out of range of it, so I at least get some summoning done. Deployed most stuff like in cover or behind it, and one wave serpent at the front, but in quite good cover. So in his turn, he shot everything at that wave serpent, and it didn't die. I was just loving it. Like I think I just passed all my three up saves <laughs> from night fight, and then in return, the wave serpent shot back and killed both his hornets. So I got first strike. So that was good. Um, that was really helpful actually, because it meant I won the tertiary because we just both got line breaker then. Um, then throughout the game, my uh, my turn one was okay. Turn two, none of my reserves came on, yeah. and that's when I started to panic a little bit because I was like, "Oh dear!" So uh, my my first year, like his turn two, he brought on a lot of scouts in my corner. So uh, my night spinners and a wave serpent just all teamed up, and I killed all ten scouts and the storm with just one sort of like one sort of lot of shooting. But that was all my shooting that round. Um, I almost killed his Sycharin as well but the fire dragons had fallen out of the wave serpent after Wraith Knight sort of demolished it and they failed their leadership test so they had to snapshot um, other than that though turn 3 I think I got one wave serpent and one squad of hawks so that outflanked on killed his relic whirlwind with a rear shot um, the hawks did a little bit of damage here and there and my Farseer became a lord of change nice because uh, he decided that he wasn't having this. Uh, he did, I needed to get more done. Really, I needed more shooting. So I got <laughs> once. I got once. Yeah, like Farsi is okay, but I got summoned in anyway. Yeah, was a lot of cannon. So... Yeah, I, I didn't get the beam, which is a shame. Oh, that's the one. Oh. But I still got flickering fire. So he just went around killing demonettes, killing demonettes on objectives, killing jet bikes, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then it worked out all right for me. Then none of the reserves coming on because turn four, I got a serpent and a wraith knight. And the Wraith Knight came on in his backfield, stamped on some flesh hounds, which were a point for the scouring, and uh, got an objective. And then a Wave Serpent came on the other side, um, killed some stuff off an objective for a Knight Spinner to boost in, or, or boost in next turn, and claimed another objective. Um, and then his, he, he said after the game, his turn four, he thought it looked like pretty much he was going to win. And then after my turn four, I thought I pretty much had it in the bag. So it was really close. But then uh, his turn five, he couldn't really do all that much and then turn my turn five 
I think it was the, we had it as the last turn of the game because we were running at the end of time. So we both knew before we'd finished our moves. So uh, my wave serpents and night spinners just got everywhere. Lord of Change plopped himself on the ground, flickified some demonettes and ran onto an objective to contest. And uh, yeah, won, won the primary. Got uh, got quite a few points on that. And so I won 14-6. Nice. So where did that leave you overall? Um, so after everything had been tied up, I was fifth place, which I was quite happy with. Definitely. I beat, managed to beat... I managed to beat Gas Jones, champion of the universe, by a point, which was good. Always good fun. Uh, yeah. Um, so that was that was good, actually. I was, I was quite happy with the finish. Um, you actually beat was, everyone on the podcast apart from Matt. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, which was, uh, which was a bit of a surprise. But um, I think that, if anything, the loss early on helped me because it was sort of eased back into it and then uh, sort of smashed my way back to the top, hopefully, so... It worked out all right. Yeah, it was good. Looking forward to the Six Nations as well in a couple of weeks. Playing basically the same list with an extra wave serpent. Now, who are you so playing that was, for? Uh, playing for Wales. Team Wales. Yeah, Team Wales. The, uh, the Welshies. So that'll be good fun. And the tra- travelling over to Belgium. So yeah, that was it. No no prize support for fifth, but still it was... It was it was a really good fun weekend. I really enjoyed like all the games. I think, and it's nice to sort of see everyone again and meet up with everyone and get to know a few people before Six Nations as well. Like a lot of the Scottish team, we went out for a bit of a meal and stuff. So that was good. Yeah, that's the nice thing. About yeah, it. that's the thing that I enjoyed the most in my brief soiree in the uh, ah. in the tournament scene when I attended <laughs> <laughs> the one yeah. event. Yeah, yeah, the illustrious career that I had. Um, oh well. There's always more. There's always next Oh, definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Hopefully, yeah. I won't be being paid thousands of pounds to play music <laughs> or being involved in serious car accidents the day before. Oh. Um, it is a tough life. <laughs> I can't really complain. That's kind of swings and roundabouts, really, isn't it? I'm either yeah, true. Being knocked off the road by terrible drivers, or I'm doing all right with me. How about person. getting paid thousands of pounds to be involved in car accidents? Um, <laughs> um isn't that insurance fraud? Yeah, probably. yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, I'm just trying to mix Alex's hobbies and combine the two. Maybe he'll have more time for 40k if he does that. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. All right. So, what did you guys think in general overall of the uh, event? It was good. It was a nice way to bow out of running the GT. It was cold. Oh, it was yeah, cold. It was cold. That was the main main thing on the feedback forms. They asked, like, you know, what, what did you think of this comp? What did you think of that comp? And, and the re-roll it's... comp could probably go, you know, as in a, it wasn't a big deal for me. Um, the Forge World, I ban think it all. Well, yeah, I think either ban no, it all. No, don't ban it all, because Forge then everyone bans it all. Then there's no events to use Forge World, then it's boring. Oh, Forge, just, just, just ban James, just, then. Just make it so you can have less, like... Either like four hundred points or three units, something like that. Because at well, least like a percentage or something. Yeah, something like that. So you get like a quarter of your army or three units, whichever is like least. Something I mean, like the that. The only argument that flies me a forge rod is that the, some of the rules are out of date, or there's a there's a lot of stuff already in the game. Right. I think the, in terms of power wise, you look at yeah. the the stuff in the game already. There's plenty of stuff that's it's just as good, if not better, than forge. Well, yeah. I've, I think uh, of the Eldar players there, Josh had Hornets and Tyranids, but then I was next and I had none. So 
Yeah, and to be honest, just you don't need lucky Hornets, last you beat a chump in the last game. So yeah, that's true. Like, well, Hornets, I do yeah. agree with James though that everything that's wrong with Fordwood, the outdated and the slightly broken rules, yeah. such as pylons, ramming Hornets. with ramming with James characters takes. on bikes, it's all James's fault. Yeah, yeah. it is actually it is. If it wasn't for James, the K team would be a better place. James, you're all that's wrong with 40k. Be ashamed. (laughs) And you know deep inside that's the truth. You know, I don't think Forge World's that bad at all. Just when James gets hold of it and does his things. Yeah, but like, where did he finish in the end? Pilots. Ninth. You know. With orcs, yeah, yeah, that's like second with any other army. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> but even then, it's still you know, pylons are gone. It's fine. I, oh, I, well. I'm, I'm very much for the of the argument that like, there's just as bad things in normal 40k, if not worse. At least we can say orcs beat with the champions only lost, so orcs must be op. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> to be to be fair, um. Gary P was trying to do something like that with with Orcs uh, a couple of months ago, and they were pretty good, especially against some of the the obvious builds um, that were out there. So it's nice to nice to see it actually ferment and and uh, mature yeah. into a, a very very powerful performance. Uh, I think that I like the, the argument. Not well, not an argument, but. The point Courtney made, and I was because I was, we were talking, because he he's like you know part of Brighton guys. You talk to him a lot, and he knows Pete quite well. And so I guess kind of he kind of gets the exposure of the northern events, and the he, he talks to good friends of the southern guys. And he was saying, and I agreed with that he doesn't know what the fuck any of the affordable stuff does, and he doesn't have time to basically find to better keep yeah, up with the normal Yeah, but you only you only you only need to know what about four units do. Really? No, it's when you yeah. play that one random guy at the event who's brought Forgeworld Guard with all the foot guns and Medusas and everything. Yeah. And the rapiers and the sentinels and is that you're just like, Oh, I've got no clue what they are. I'm just gonna I, run away and hide and hope. Yeah, I think just if yeah, if we could if if we could sort out like like I know Adepticon has got a really good um little mission packets. No, not mission packet. <laughs> but a terrible mission packet. They got they got a good little document they produce every year, which has basically got an approved list of Forge World stuff, and it shows what all the latest rules are. Yeah, like, like a lexicon of where to actually find the stuff. So you, if you want to, you yeah. can at least educate yourself. Yeah, definitely good idea. Yeah, hundred percent. And, like I, and yeah, I think it's unacceptable that Forge World don't have that. To be honest with you. Yeah, like for example, gun wagons are actually in their in the main rules. They don't have any hull points, so they kind of like what well, hull points. But they they have been updated to have three hull points. But you have to like go on the website to find that. And so if you, that's a bit of a joke. And if you if you, if you don't know where that is, it's buried you know, at the bottom <coughs> of some web page somewhere. Then it yeah. should it should definitely tell you exactly where to go for the most up to date rules for each unit when you go on the page for it. On what's on funny the- is that. That little document that I was saying, it says there'll be a big update coming soon for all Forge World units. And it's like, that was like three years ago. 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's, still, it's still not happened. So. <sighs> Fucking idiot. 
It's a shame. It's a shame. We'll work with it anyway. Um, I definitely, I, I definitely hear the point of, you know, it's just more work. It's to, to to keep on top of things, especially with all the formations and detachments and you know supplements that are out there and all that stuff. You know, the data slates that you can get from Black Library as well. You know, there's a lot to keep track of. So adding more to it, especially in a system that's poorly organised is yes I can understand why it's a headache for some people but I don't think I don't think that's really an excuse you might as well say you're going to ban you know you're going to ban supplements as well you're going to ban random random detachments that come from a, a limited edition book that sold out in two two minutes online so no one can get it anyway you know it's it's all much of a muchness really um, I think we have to sort of accept it and and put that little bit of effort in. I think being inclusive is better than being exclusive. Yep, there's still plenty more broken for draws to use. Don't worry, I'll bring some more. <laughs> up next don't time. tell everybody. Keep it quiet. Yeah. Any any sort of more feedback on the GT for you? Um, what do you think of 1650? By the way, I, I quite like 1650. But again, I think we spoke about it before. I like all the points limits or the point level sorry it's nice to have a variety but because uh, the um, the heats were 1650 I mean it made, made sense to keep mm. the, point, the same points but you, you've got Cali which is 1850 uh, Birmingham does different, uh, different points levels so it, it, it's nice it's nice having you can Matt, just fit enough in as well what do I think about the, about the points. Um, points? Yeah, sixteen fifty is a limit. I think it works. <coughs> There's just high enough to get all your toys. Just low enough that makes the time a little bit easier. I prefer playing eighteen fifty because you get a few more toys, but that has problems within itself. So it's it's a nice balance between the two, and. Even then, you get a couple of people who are just getting the turn five, even in three hours, which, yeah, I, d- I don't know about that. But it's, I don't know, I think everywhere is different. And it's good, like Adam said, it's a good thing. Because, you know, you can take your core of your list and go, right, I want to try these units, but I can't really fit them in. So I'll try them at this event. Oh, they really work. So I'll drop some up from my smaller list to mm-hmm. make them fit. It allows you to try things and yeah, that's a little bit, little bit of dynamic as well. Yeah, and it means not every event's the same. Yeah, mm. you have a bit of. I do think. I do think conversely there that um, it's good to have a standard rules pack though. Uh, I think that will be helpful. Between all no. events or between the like heats and the final? Um, some sort of standardisation. Like I think, I think when people try and put their own twist on things a bit too much, it puts people off, and people just end up just not reading it properly anyway. Um, and and you get ridiculous things like the Adepticon pack as well. Um, well, I personally really like variation in packs. Because yeah. like, what are we talking about here, though? What like variation when we say what? I think comp should be the same, 
Yeah. So everybody yeah. knows what they're doing. Yes. But mission packs different. I think there should be a standard FAQ and errata. I think that, that should be standardised. So we're all playing, basically we're playing the same rules. I think a lot yeah. of events are using or basing off the GTFAQ, yeah. which is in turn based off the TCFAQ. Yeah. So in a way we've got a semi-standardised European. Yeah, and, that's, and I like that. I like that as well. It, it helps. And then you can go to the events which are playing. Maybe they're only playing Eternal War. Maybe they're playing Eternal and Maelstrom and something else. Maybe they're playing their own missions entirely. You know, And that's, that's again, you can try things out and you can have fun and it's not. it doesn't get samey. But I think you need that baseline where you know everyone knows what they're really aiming for and everything else is just you know you you're trying stuff out and that's where you find new things maybe you might find new units and new combinations that work for your list maybe TOs might find new things that they want to make part of the you know the standardized rules but i think you you need a baseline that you can then diverge uh, away from that's what i think anyway uh, so one last question I want to ask as well um, about the meta at the event. Is there anything that you saw that um, really stood out um, at the time that you noticed? Any sort of changes? Anything that was prominent? Obviously, Hornets were prominent in attendance. Um, there was a lot of Eldar, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of the top 15, so at least half were, uh, were Eldar. One interesting point is all 15 players in the top are ETC players. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Cream does rise. There may be one or two not, but I think everyone is. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, personally, I think this is the first of many tournaments where we're going to see a lot. We didn't see that many, but I think we're going to start seeing more and more flyers starting to come into lists now. Like... Because you can just plug them in, can't you? Like it's there's no yeah. there's no tax for them. You're just taking three really really good units that are really well priced for what they do, and you're paying the most minimal tax to get them as well. And there's no reason not to just plug them in. So yeah, I think uh, you'll start seeing them now um, because they're really good against a lot of armies. Um, I like. I, I thought actually I really liked Tony's list. I thought his was really well rounded. I mean, he could have. Uh, I think he, he. Yeah, I think he actually had a good list against a lot of the. It's a very anti meta list, and I think it actually was Do you really effective. What it was? Uh, yeah, it was like a chapter master on a bike. He had Legion of the Damned um, with you know, melters and things. And then he had, I think. I can't remember if it was 1650 if he had did, did he take the second Storm Raven or did he just have one just that, one yeah. so he must have had like he had a couple of Storm Talons I think it was one and four Storm Talons yeah and he had a couple of Storm Talons and then he had the, the Storm Raven formation um, sorry the Storm Talon Storm Raven formation and he had a Bastion with comms relay and so his whole plan was really just to kind of hold the line with the chapter master basically manning this comms relay and obviously he's very difficult to get rid of uh, so he's a very reliable, solid guy to mm. keep on the table. And he brings all his reserves on, um, like his Leaves in the Damned and his Flyers. And because he's got Mobile, uh, Meta, uh, Melter, sorry, and, uh, and you know, Flyers, which, unless you're taking lots of Flyers, not many people have got answers to these That's Flyers. That's really, really similar to um, the theory behind my Space Marine list, which was funny enough using the Stormwing as well. And I was using the Bunker with the Comms Relay. Um, 
with yeah, uh, White really Scars bikes. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, th I think when you're able to do that, and I, I was using Khan and like multiple small units of bikes with loads and loads of mobile melter and a bit of grav in there as well with Thunderfires and a Relic Scorpius, but that was, I think that was 1815 anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a similar sort of thing. I think like as long as you can sort of offer a threat in the air, you'll never, I, I think it's impossible to, to take on directly three flyers with flyers. I don't think there's anything out there that can do it at the moment maybe you know massed necrons but no one's going to take that anymore anyway um, I just think they're so strong they're, 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 they're really really strong there will be something that pops up to counter them I'm sure I'm sure there's tactics out there already but uh, there's no reason not to not to use them and I think you're right you will be seeing more of them yeah so I think he, I think he did quite well. I, I was surprised there wasn't more Necrons, but I guess people haven't had a chance to, uh, to uh, sort them all out. There was, there was a fair few, but not. And I really I like Nathan's list more. as well. Uh, I like Nathan's list. That was very clever. Um, the Sisters of Battle with the Flesh Terrors formation. So you got loads of Sisters with Melter in, uh, in drop pods, empty drop pods, and Celestine and stuff. So. Yeah, he actually got really unlucky. He could have, he could have done very well. But he ended up playing Tony Chu in the last game and scouring, and he has nine fast attack choices. So uh. he basically had to play mass flyers. So obviously his drop pods all come down and are faced with a single chapter master <laughs> who doesn't really care that much. And all the flyers were basically flying around, shooting him. And in the end, he actually was very close to winning uh, that game. He, he only lost very narrowly because in the end, Tony had to uh, hover to score the objectives. Um because it was scouring, and uh, Nathan was chopping them down with his with his characters he had, but it just—I think he just ran out. I think he yeah, just ran out of, uh, out of stuff, and in the end, Tony managed to win. So, if it had been like you know a closer game, uh, then you could have could have could have got even higher. Nathan you could have done you know, could have done better, Definitely. but he still came seventh, so he still did well. Hi, all, Matt here again, joined with Justin Cook, friend of the podcast. Hey guys, what's up? So many of you guys may have heard of Justin in the past as the founding creator of Avesa Star and then unleashing Pacific Rim on Nova the next year. <laughs> and he's here to tell us about his newest laboratory creation, which I think he's termed Tawanids. Yeah, it's Tawanids, like uh, kind of with like a, a Boston accent, if you're familiar with the accent from from that part of the U.S. It's Tawanids in the yard, see? I'm not even going to try and recreate that. <laughs> no, no, no. So this is your latest creation after you got bored of Pacific Rim, was it? Or uh, I played it. Okay, so I played it at Nova. And I did pretty well with it. Um, I think part of that was because it was kind of a shock and all. Nobody was uh, nobody was really prepared for that kind of a change to their metagame. All of a sudden, three Imperial Knights that you you can't really just shoot um, unless you have like you know, a billion melted gun shots, uh, just rolling around the table, murdering stuff. Um, but then I played, uh, I played a smaller tournament about a month and a half later. And I vowed after doing terrible at that, I went like two and four or something. I did just like the worst I've ever done in a, in a GT in the U S I was like, all right, well I need to take more than 30 seconds and put a list together. Um, so I came up with my Talonid list, which was the Leviathan book had just come out, the Shield of Ball Leviathan book, with the new detachment, 
of three firings. Well, it's three have three HQs and nine troops and all that. Uh, but everybody just takes it for the three flying hive tyrants because they're really good. Um, so I, I was like, well, how can I incorporate that into a list? And, you know, I was playing around with like Necrons and, and Tau because I've been playing Tau for, you know, a better part of a year and a half. Um, and I came up with a list that I liked, which was initially three Riptides, three Skyrays, and three Hive Tyrants. And that was, you know, really solid. But with uh, the U.S. tournaments, I don't know, are, are you guys starting to incorporate a lot of Maelstrom into your games? Yeah. Are you guys doing a lot of, like, the ETC Maelstrom and stuff? A lot of events either have ETC Maelstrom, straight-up missions, or a variation of, or, right. like, a primary, secondary, Eternal War and Maelstrom kind of mix. That's what the GT yeah. was running. Yeah, so a bunch of like, so a diverse mission, like, you're not just playing Eternal War missions, you're not just playing Maelstrom, you're playing a combination. Um, I had to drop a Riptide and a Skyray, you know, lose some of the, you know, the the physical presence, like the, the the tough things on the table, and throw in some more scoring units so I could compete in Maelstrom, because otherwise, you know, you just, you can't get everywhere on the table at once. So I added some crisis suits. Uh, so the list now is Farsight, um, Farsight Enclaves, Combined Arms Detachment, with a Warlord Ethereal, uh, a unit of three crisis suits with missile pods, uh, six missile pods, um, and then four single crisis suits, two with two flamers, and then two with two fusion guns, and a unit of ten crew. And that's usually where the ethereal goes. He either goes there or he goes with the three-man crisis suits, depending on how close combat-y my opponent is. Um, I, I'll just put him with the crisis suits, because that's a fairly durable unit. Um, I'll put him with a crew if I need to avoid getting stuck into combat with like anything, including marines or space wolves or anything like that. Just hide from that kind of stuff. Uh... And then two Riptides. One of them has Earthcast with Burst Cannon uh, and Interceptor. Uh, the other one has uh, Ion Accelerator and Interceptor. Uh, both of them have Smart Missile Systems. Uh, two Skyrays with Black Sun Filters. And then the Leviathan Formation with three Flying Hive Tyrants with uh, two sets of Devourers and Electroshock. And then uh, three squads of, or three single Mucolids for my troops because they're 15 points and they're awesome. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely a solid list. There's been some things that give me some trouble. Um, specifically a lot of wave serpents is not fun to play against. Uh, it's not fun to play against for a lot of people, but it's definitely harder to play against for this, uh, just cause the hive tyrants can be kind of susceptible to that. And, um, you know, then combat death stars, like, uh, like things that rush you, like, Biker slash Thunderwolf Cavalry Death Stars can be pretty painful. Um, just to name two things that have been rough for me off the bat. So, just to go through the list in a little bit more depth, you've yep. gone for an Ethereal HQ. Was yep. there any reason to take the Ethereal apart from his cheapest over a Crisis Commander? He's cheapest. He's he's just easier to hide. Like if you take your if you take a Warlord Crisis Commander, you run into um. You're running a thing where you want to kit him out, and he ends up he ends up running like at a minimum. If he's in Farsight, he probably ends up running like 120 points because you want to give him some war gear, you want to give him some missile pods or some other guns, basically. Uh, and then he can't be a buff commander if he's in the Farsight detachment because you know they don't have access to the the normal Tau equipment. Um, so I chose the Ethereal for the point for the fact that he's cheap. He's easy to hide. 
uh, because a single infantry model on the table is just easier to hide than a, a bigger, you know, crisis suit model. Um, and you're just, you know, less susceptible to losing him. Do you find it's a big drawback then that he gives up a point if he dies? Or do you find the benefits of being able to hide him and the cheaper points just outweigh that? Not really. Like, the giving up the extra point can come into play sometimes. I mean... You know he can get he can get killed. I mean it's not hard to kill a toughness three model, um, but if you're good at hiding him and you play him you know conservatively, just don't throw him out there for him to get killed. You have you have, you have to weigh up your opponent's options and not feed him to your opponent. Essentially, uh, he's also really awesome for his his abilities. Like if you're playing against Screamer Star and you need to hold Screamer Star up for the rest of the game, uh, you just stick him. You stick him within 12 inches of a Riptide, you give him Stubborn, and then you, you know, Nova charge the Riptide shield and you just run him to combat with the Screamer Star, and you just sit there. Uh, speaking of Screamer Star, does, do you find this list has much problem with it? Because I know a few events are starting to take the 2-up 4 reroll rather than the 2-up two 2-up. Two do you find that makes it easier for this list to deal with them, or are you just uh, going to no. ignore and lock up anyway? I... I mean, two up four versus two up two up doesn't matter. I mean, the, the unit's still functionally unkillable, right? It's like it's like fighting against something that has a two up armor save with four up feel no pain from endurance. You know, you're just not going to kill it. It's like There's, Necrons. <laughs> yeah, it's like Necrons now. Necrons have you know a similar a similar thing going on with the reanimation now. It's just you have to size up. If you look at a Death Star like that and you say what what possibility do I have of killing this over the course of the game? Like, 36 Hive Tyrant shots shooting into one Screamer star might kill a Screamer a turn. So over the course of the game, you might kill half of the Screamer star with all three of your Hive Tyrants just shooting into it. That's completely useless. It's not even even remotely an option. So, just don't do it. It doesn't matter. You deal with it other ways. Specifically, you tie it up, you feed it things uh, when you can, and uh, you just play around it. So, going on from the Ethereal and his little tricks, you've got two units of single crisis with flamers, which I assume are just their clear little backfield units and to be cheap scoring bodies. Yep. And then two units of two with fusion. That mainly for Imperial Knights and Vehicles, or are there a lot of the events uh, tend to be going towards more super heavies allowed, so it helps deal with them? Just all of that, yeah. I mean, dumping them in there to, to shoot a Bastion, or dumping them in there to shoot a Land Raider, or a Knight, or random insert super heavy that somebody took, uh, they're just they're good at dealing with those things. I mean, they... Especially Imperial Knights with the the ion shield, like they have to pick a side, so you either drop, you know, you either have three flyers fly behind it, and then you have Riptide shooting at the front of it, and then you got, you know, missile pods potentially shooting at the front and the side, depending on if you deep struck your missile suits, and then you have fusion guns that you can put on other sides. You know, you're going to have shots on unshielded Imperial Knights at some point, and that's how you kill them. You don't kill them by going through the, the four up rollable ion shield. Yeah. So you find even with the uh, BS3, so you've got your marker light support goes on them, and then you're yep. just hoping for the best on that turn they drop. And after that, yeah. just trying to, if they live, jump around and be annoying. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got the unit three, which 
tends to be standard core in most tower lists, just adding all the firepower doing do they end up doing a lot of the work in addition with uh, the tyrants or more just a little bit of a helping hand. So they're a bit of a step down from the third riptide. Um I mean they're about the cost. They're a little cheaper than the third riptide. But they they do decent shooting. If you get the chance to marker with the sky rays and buff them up that way, then they become pretty dangerous because ballistic skill five, twelve strength seven shots can do a lot of damage. Uh, but otherwise, they're just a you know medium strength shooting unit that has good range. Thirty six inch range is no joke, especially when you can jump around with them. Um, you know, they're just a solid. They're just a solid unit that you can deploy on the table. Or you can deep strike in with them, or you can just walk them on normally, and they'll do, you know, not incredible damage. They're not going to, like, you know, kill any Death Stars or anything, but, you know, they can do damage to things. They even, my my last game at uh, my last game at LVO, the three-man crisis unit managed to kill Riptide over two turns. That's pretty lucky, but when it pays yeah, off, it pays off. Yeah, I'm a little off. lucky. You know, I got a marker light every turn into them, so they're BS4 missiles. Um, but, you know... They're pretty good at forcing saves on units, and eventually yeah. dice do fail. Yep. So then your last troop slot, you've got some Kroot. What was the thinking behind those? Because they seem a little bit out of place in quite a mobile, speedy army. So there's always a reason to take Infiltrators this edition, because you, you run into things like corn dogs or uh, like White Scar Bikers, or even people are starting to go back and take Ravenwing every once in a while. Um, you run into the need to kind of block scouts and block infiltrating, and crew do that really well because uh, they're just they're just cheap infiltrating, you know, bodies, uh, and they have the added effect of they give me a place to stick the ethereal, and I can come on with a bunch of bolter shots essentially, and just mow things down. So if you you're know. playing things that like to scout forwards or be in your face. Do you not yep. mind trading that unit crew, probably giving up first blood or first strike, depending on the events where you are, just for the yeah. the long term gain in the game? Uh, yeah, because they're going to help me keep my things that actually do damage, specifically the hive tyrants and the riptides, alive longer. Um, like if I'm playing against a bunch of grav bikers, and I can keep I can keep those grav bikers off of my hive tyrants and my riptides for one turn, uh, just to get them shielded up or flying that can be the difference you know because bikers bikers once the flyers are in the air are not doing well against flying monsters creatures uh and as long as the riptides have a three up invulnerable save or hugging cover you know and staying far enough away that they don't get charged by like a chapter master or anything like that they can do a lot of damage to bikes too um so the crew you know trading off that first blood in a battle points tournament that can hurt you right because you can lose you know a critical battle point that might you know might end up costing you the tournament but that's the luck of the draw you know you end up playing against something that you you ultimately need to keep your your heavy hitters alive for a turn longer um and that gives you the potential to do so yeah i'd actually agree with that because i see a lot of people going oh it's first blood it's quite important especially some of the mission packs we've had in the uk where and uh lvo has that too lvo has the uh first blood is really important in lvo but sometimes you just go right i'll give that up but it means end game i'll take this point and potentially that as well so going down then you've got uh ripped over the burst cannon and the amulet 
Uh, the Earth Chest, Chest Array, not the, not the yeah. Other, I was thinking about taking the Talisman actually and dropping one of the um one of the single flamer suits for it because I have psychic dice uh from the fire ants. I can actually stop things that are going against the Tau army, but there isn't aside from Psy Shriek that could you know potentially murder a Riptide. There isn't a whole lot of offensive psychic abilities right now that that really tear up like Riptides and stuff. Yeah. Right, like Psy Shriek's the one that I can really think of that that messes up my army. I think the majority um, are just like I'm going to do Poseidon, so you can cover that kind, of, which you just can't. Yeah, stop. they're all buffs. Yeah, they're all buffs. So the the talisman hasn't made it into my list yet. If there starts to get more psychic abilities that directly affect things, um, people start taking them more. Then maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll work it into my list on the Ion Tide. But right now, I haven't seen the need for it. So yeah, he's Interceptor, Burst Cannon, SMS, and Earthcast Ray. He's solid. Um, I just I, I go back and forth on whether he should also be an Ion. Um, because the Burst Cannon can be kind of unreliable at times. Um, I mean, it's nice volume of fire, but it's also you know it can be really hit or miss with the S3. He is a lot more reliable with the amulet getting extra shots, but would you ever consider taking a burst tide over an iron without the amulet? Just for anyone out there who might be thinking of doing it. Uh, I, probably not. There would have to be like a really specific reason to take it. Um, maybe if you're going to take him and have and specifically we're going to dump all your marker lights into that model every turn. Um but then at the same time, even then, you know, you're risking him failing the failing the uh, Nova charge, and then he's just he's just not as good. Yeah, because I find the rending really helps as well, as well as the extra shots, just to actually plink those few wounds for you when they do hit. Yeah, yeah, it can. It definitely can. Um, like I said, though, just the the Earth cast array is really. If I didn't have the Earthcast Array, I would consider taking him as an as another Ion. I'd probably take him as Ion Fusion, uh, just because that's a good way to snag first blood off of a drop pod army is to have a fusion gun with Interceptor. Yeah, something just running around, stop them getting you first. Yep. So and then you do have one with Ion, but he has SMS on this on this one. Did you say? Yep. Yeah, both of them have smart missiles, and the reason I kept the smart missiles is if you Nova charge both your smart missiles, and you have sky rays with smart missiles, I mean it's still a lot of shots that ignore line of sight, and ignore cover. So you're like breaking, you know, two of the core mechanics of the game by ignoring line of sight. So you can't really hide from them. They have a 30 inch range, so they can move around the table and put shots anywhere they want to, no matter line of sight or big buildings or cover or anything like that. Um, yeah, I suppose yeah. as well when you combine that with the five tyrants, you just end up with a hell of a lot of shots. Yep, a hell of a lot of shots wherever I want them. Uh, the hive tyrants have strength five flamers, so those ignore cover too. I have flamer suits that ignore cover, so I mean I have plenty of ignore cover in this list, and I also have plenty of shots wherever I want them every turn. I can, if you put something on the table and I need it to be killed, I'll be over there killing it in no time, basically. Then rounding out the tau, two sky rays, which. As everyone who's played Tower will know, great to add the Markite support, tough, yep. resilient SMS, and pretty cheap for the six missiles as well. Yeah. Yeah, they're just cheap missile tanks that have the bonus of having sky-firing ballistic skill four marker lights. I don't see a lot of people outside of like uh, myself and uh, Andrew Gagno um, from ETC. He likes these a lot too. I like them a lot. I'm 
a huge proponent of them. And then uh, I, I don't see a lot of people in the States taking them. A lot of times people take, like, uh, Tetras from Forge World. I don't like Tetras because they're just so squishy. They're so easy to kill. And, I mean, they're 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 an easy first blood, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, do you find the missiles and the Skyfire come in as useful as they normally would with the three Skyrants, or are they just a cheek-headed bonus now? Um... Well, the the first round of uh, the first round of LVO, I played against a guy that had two Chaos Fire Raptors, and then he had the uh, the Tyrannic Warvets formation uh, with six infiltrating uh, uh, Storm Talons. And he looks at my list, right, and he goes, "Oh, you don't have a lot of Skyfire in your list. You just have these Hive Tyrants." And I was like, "Um, <laughs> okay, this is going to be really bad for you." <laughs> and I proceeded to just demolish him. Um, I mean, he had some he had stuff like we. He conceded the game on turn three, but um, he uh, he had some stuff left, but he just didn't. He had like two fire raptors. One of them had a whole point left by turn three, and he was like, I, "I'm gonna die. Like I, I'm done. Like you have most of your army left." And I totally, he totally underestimated the sky rays. Um, my round four opponent also underestimated them because he never went after them with drop potting melted guns. He had a bunch of drop potting melted guns and he just kind of let them do their thing. And I was playing; he was playing like sixty-five-ish marines, and I killed twenty of them with uh, sky rays between uh, just SMS shots throughout the course of six turns and uh, the missile racks. Just killed a combat squad each. Yeah, I suppose whenever you get two hits, like cool. I mean, uncover now fires the yeah. missiles. Yeah, fires the missiles, and there goes your combat squad. So. Yeah. And then, as we've been talking about all the way through this, pre-mucolid spores. Yep. Uh, yep. Nice standard cheap. Do you, yeah. Are you ever tempted to swap one for unit three rippers with deep strike, possibly, just to actually be able to score, or do you find you've got enough crisis it doesn't really matter in this list? I've thought about that. I think if um, I think if I'm playing in tournaments that go up to 2K, I usually actually throw in three lictors. Um, the rippers, because they don't have obsec, they're not as. I mean, there's other tyranid units that are in or around 50 points that you can take that are better, specifically in the elite slots. Um, so I've never really wanted to drop that out and take a ripper unit that's not obsec when I could take a lictor that's five points more or I could take a zoanthrope and add two more psychic dice to my list or I could take even like a venomthrope or something to give shrouded to the hive tyrants just stuff like that yeah so that's a good point you're going on to events being points in 2k uh, this list is 1850 for anyone who was yep. trying to add up along the way uh, two source format which tends to be the norm for a lot of events although no yep. Adepticon and a couple of others have gone a bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Adepticon went to uh, every detachment's unique detachment and formation, I should say. Uh, but you can take essentially unlimited detachments. So you could take, if I wanted to, I could drop a single crisis suit and because my list is 1848, I could take an Inquisitor with Servo Skulls. And then i I might even reconsider taking the crude at that point because I don't need to block infiltrate because I have this, the uh, servo skulls to yeah. do it. Yeah. So was this list designed with any specific mission pack in mind or has it been it altered was, and tweaked to work for any? 
it was really designed for LVO. Uh, I think it'll do really good in Nova because Nova doesn't have any Maelstrom. Um, and this mission, I mean, this army still doesn't do terribly great in like a pure Maelstrom or even an ETC Maelstrom. I've noticed that ETC Maelstrom, just because it's inherently really random still, like it's not, it's not as random as pure Maelstrom, but you do... You know, if you have deep striking units, you deep strike them on the table, and then all of a sudden you have to hold an objective on the other side of the table. Well, now I gotta go throw a hive tyrant over there and land it, which is two turns later, and I have to hold one to this card, or I just pitch the card. Um, and it's kind of rough. You know, I think ETC Maelstrom really favors uh, biking cavalry armies because they can get everywhere. They're just fast inherently on the table, and also fast skimmers like uh, Piranha and uh, Wave Serpents so are really good. Anything that can be on the board and get to anywhere else on the board, really. Yeah. Yeah, which my army, it it sort of can do, but not as fast as like an Eldar army or like a bike army. Yeah, I suppose they're more reliable because they know how far they're moving, which you've got your. You jump yep. move, which is a random roll, and your assault move, yep. which is a random roll. Yeah. And if you read for I can, I can overcharge a riptide and get 46 jump, but again, that's random. So a 46 jump can be 4 inches, or it can be 24 inches. So Quite a bit of variance. You know, yeah, a huge variance. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get there. I rolled a 6. Awesome. Yeah. So pr- mission-wise, you're preferring Eternal War, but it's not too bad at the Maelstrom. Yeah, any, it's not terrible. Are there any tweaks you'd make to work better in kind of a ETC-style Maelstrom, which a lot of events over in the UK have the same kind of cards? I think I would actually go back because um, after playing it a little bit, uh, I think I would probably go back and try to get the third Riptide back in, um, just because it's a it's on the table. Like the Crisis suits, those four units of Crisis suits are all deep striking in, right? But I think I would probably actually try to get a third Riptide back in because the the Crisis Suits deep strike in, and yeah, if I have that card, I can get it, and then they're just kind of there. And if they need to be somewhere else on the table, well, I'm relying on them not dying, which a two-wound Toughness 4 model is kind of easy to kill. Uh, I'm also relying on it to be able to get over that objective, which it might not be able to do. So uh, I would debate maybe getting a third Riptide or maybe even tweaking list around a little bit and trying to get a Piranha or two in there to jump around. Because like I said, the the ETC and the pure Maelstrom formats, you you have to have things that are fast, and Piranha are fast. You know, they can move 30 inches a turn. And they're cheap enough to throw away if you need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 40 points, so they're a little more expensive than a Flamer Suit. Maybe I'd drop the Flamer Suits. Or maybe I'd drop the Fusion Suits and get Fusion Prana. It's like two less Fusion Guns in my list. Um, but I don't know. I think more you know. with Piranha, you want to keep them the cheap to throw away. Maybe you could drop the yeah. Crute even, because you've got the Piranha, which can, you can move to block movement for a turn. That's true. And then That's true. It gives you a couple of options. Yeah, I was just looking at points in this list right now because uh, a fusion prana is fifty points is fifty points, and then a fusion suit with two fusion blasters is fifty three. So I'd have to drop like I couldn't just drop the crew and get a pair of prana. I'd have to drop a crew and something One else suit maybe. Yeah, and then I'm dropping two obsec to get two non obsec just for the speed. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it all depends on the the mission pack and how important obsec is going to be at the end of the day. Yeah, it does. It does, and sometimes obsec's not really that important anymore, especially with all the variable attachments that people can take. 
um, OPSEC is or is not, depending on you know. I suppose you could argue that it is. you could argue it's becoming more important because more and more people are taking these alternative detachments, which don't have it. That's true. So it does give you a leg up when you play against somebody who, say, took a Necron Decurion and doesn't have any OBSEC in his list. Or you play against somebody that took Space Wolf, uh, Champions of Fenris, uh, and nothing essentially in his army is going to be OBSEC because it's all going to be Thunderwolves and maybe some Servitors or something. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting view. Uh, so yeah. going on to, we've talked about missions, terrain. Does this list really care about terrain? Do you? Oh, it wants it wants a clogged up board. It definitely wants heavier terrain, uh, just because uh, everything benefits from tow and cover for like uh, for like rubble and everything. Um, and then crisis suits are fairly easy to hide behind walls. Like they're still not, you know, they're bigger than infantry model, so they can be. You know, they can be a little more difficult to hide. But if you have some solid walls from like a, um, what's it called? The Cities of Death terrain. Yeah. If you have like Cities of Death terrain, those have solid walls that you can hide behind. And you can keep your crisis suits alive. They can jump in, jump out, you know, do the traditional tow, jump, shoot, jump thing. Uh, so that one's a fairly clogged table. And it has enough, enough ignores cover to, uh, and enough mobility to really counter other armies hiding. So you're not going to really be able to hide against this army. And it's going to be able to hide against you when it wants to. So you mentioned earlier on you fear the fast armies that can really get to you. Are there any yeah. shooting armies that say you played on a pretty open board that you'd fear, or do you feel you've got enough manipulation and enough speed that you could reserve if you had to, or set up out of position? Uh, probably a wave serpent army, um, just because they're all fast vehicles that put out you know a ton of shooting. Uh, the more wave serpents, the worse it gets. So if it's five wave serpents and three wraith knights, that's you know that's an example of a nasty list that I wouldn't really just want to put out going. Like if I'm going f uh, first against it, it's not as bad. But if I'm going second against it, that's kind of rough. I don't know. I, I kind of need to rely on terrain to to bail me out of that situation. Like hide a you know a crisis suit or something on the table where it can't be shot for a turn. Um, because otherwise I'm in trouble like I'm not going to be able to stay on the table I'm going to lose something essentially uh, to all that shooting so that's an example of an army that I you know I would be afraid of as far as shooting goes or like a lot of hornets like I know you just played um, against a lot of hornets at a uh, at GT final yeah that's and, hopefully going to be in this episode about yeah but yeah that they, yeah. they're really rough yeah, yeah, a lot of Hornets is rough, I mean, for everybody, but specifically this list, because it has a lot of big things that are susceptible to Strength 8 AP too. Yeah, you're not using any Forge Lord at the moment in this. Would you consider it an event where Forge Lord was allowed, or is none of the units really contributing enough to drop any of the current units? Uh, I'd consider a Malanthrope. Everyone should consider a Malanthrope. Malanthropes are really good. If you have the option of taking a Malanthrope, always consider it. Uh, just because it's free, basically, to a cover save for your Hive Tyrants for turn one. Which doesn't help you against Wave Serpents, but it helps you against almost everything else. So Cool. So that pretty yeah. much rounds up this Tower Nid list, and I'm guessing we'll be seeing and hearing more of it soon as your previous last two lists Hopefully. made a bit of an impact. 
Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I want to. I'm definitely going to be taking it to Philadelphia uh, Open, which um, my team, Team Stomping Grounds, is going to be running in May. Uh, that's modified ETC f- uh, format for the mission type. So it they took out um, they took out the kill point factor and they added in um, essentially a Nova style pick your own secondaries. So there's a list of I want to say eight secondaries and you pick four of them. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So that's what we changed from the ETC packet, but it's ETC Maelstrom with ETC esque Eternal War missions. That sounds pretty good. I'm sure we'll make sure we cover that because I know Jesse and. Matt Serena are also involved, so you'll be hearing more yeah. about that event at some point. But Definitely. Any parting words to tell the listeners about this list? or? Uh, no, just keep an eye out for it. I mean, it's definitely... I know people complain a lot about come the Apocalypse Allies. That's the one thing that's like... If you wanted to call it a gimmick about this list, it has come the Apocalypse Allies in it. Um, you know, keep an eye out for it, because I know... Reese out on the West Coast was talking about putting out a poll to see if uh, people wanted to ban it. Uh, I personally don't want it to be banned, but, I mean, then again, I am the one playing it, but I don't want it to be banned for, you know, reasons other than me playing it. I want it to, I want it to not be banned because I think there's a lot of potential for non-Imperial armies to take come the Apocalypse Allies and make good synergistic lists, uh, whereas Imperials have an inherent advantage over everybody else because all their stuff is Battle Brothers. Uh, so that would really be my my one thing is to watch you know this army in the next you know year essentially and see if it's still even legal uh, and hopefully it stays and does well. Cool. So we'll see. So thank you very much for joining us, and I'm sure we'll have you on again in the very near future. We've come to the end of the episode. I hope you found it really enjoyable and insightful. Thank you so much to Justin Cook uh, for coming on and uh, giving us that insight into his Towernid list. Uh, and thank you to Simon Weekly as well for featuring on the podcast. Of course, big up all the guys involved each and every week. Matt Robertson couldn't do it without him and his VIP contacts. And of course, thank you so much to Adam and James this week as well. Next episode, we are back and we will be putting together a review of Adepticon. Hopefully, we'll be speaking to Nick Brown Nanavati about his all-conquering three-peat demon list. Uh, we'll be talking to Jesse as well. And we might have a few more interviews in and around Adepticon. Of course, we're going to be looking at some of the other stuff that's coming out. Rumoured Adeptus Mechanicus um, pictures have leaked today. You can see some of those on the Facebook page. Really excited about those models. Hopefully the rules will uh, match up as well. But we'll be back next time with that Adepticon coverage and anything else that's going on in the world of competitive 40k. Any questions, get us on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash AOC podcast or search Allies of Convenience. Hope you've enjoyed it this week. Take care and we'll see you soon. Back streets back, all right. Bum, 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 bum. I'm quite liking it now. <laughs> oh, this is going to pop, start singing it along in the background. No, I definitely won't. Yeah. Can that, can that be the, like how we split between rounds? Just that bit. No. You know you'd love it. No.